Yeah, that would be me. Um, hello, folks, and welcome to a very rare day, a day that only comes around once every four years. Have you noticed it? Did you pick up on it? It is Thursday, February 29, and February normally only has 28 days, but it's a leap year. So basically what that means is people born today, Thursday, February 29, have just gotten four years older. Uh, look, let me explain. Um, most years have 365 days, but uh, occasionally, and we'll explain this later with Dr. Carl Krasinicki, there needs to be a mathematical catch-up. And so to take the edge off, um, they do without February 29, except every four years. And I would love, love, love to hear from anybody who is celebrating a birthday today that doesn't normally. I want to hear from all the leapers out there. One triple three five three is the telephone number. I mentioned this uh, yesterday. I know a bloke who is 64 years of age, but really he's only 18. And his mother, when giving birth to him, uh, this is his story, begged the doctor to fudge the, uh, the birth certificate and say that he was actually born on the 1st of March so that he wouldn't have to go through this leap year birthday missing out thing. And the doctor refused to do it, and as, as the doctor should have. Um, the doctor should not have fudged the birth certificate. That's a, that's a, a felony. That's illegal. But uh, so this bloke, um, 64 years he's been on the planet. We actually call him Sergeant Pepper. Can you, don't, why are you laughing? I bet you don't get that. Do you get that? Well, I know, only know it as the Beatles connection. Well, but why would we call him Sergeant Pepper? Well, you're about to tell me. I know. Well, that. because of the song "When I'm 64" is on the Sergeant Pepper's album. Oh, that would explain. That, that. yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, so um, a very, very happy birthday to all the leapers that are out there. It's a very, very rare birthday. We may not have anyone. I, I, I will get. We'll come up with a very special prize. For anybody that uh, is actually celebrating a birthday, maybe you know of uh, a leap year birthday person. Um, what I want to know is, do you celebrate a birthday on the 28th or the 1st of March, or do you save them up and do you get a four birthday whammy every four years? Dr. Carl Krasnicki on leap year birthdays uh, a little bit later on this morning. Have a bit of fun with that. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Now, down to what's on my mind this morning, and I would love to hear what's on yours. What's happened over the last 24 hours that I don't know about, that you think the rest of the nation needs to know about? Well, tomorrow is Friday. Can you believe it? Tomorrow is Caller of the Week Friday. And I'm going to give away all sorts of goodies to the caller that most inspired us during the week. And it could be you, and it could happen today. So jump on board and have your say, One triple three five three. Yesterday, I had a lot to say about the organisers of the Sydney Mardi Gras parade deliberately not inviting members of the New South Wales Police Force to take part in this Saturday's celebration, and that's what it's meant to be. Well, the New South Wales Police Officers will now be allowed to march, but there are conditions. They're not allowed to be in uniform. The police commissioner, 
Karen Webb, said the Mardi Gras board had reversed its earlier decision to ask New South Wales police not to attend following the alleged murder of Jesse Baird and Luke Davies by a serving officer. Commissioner Webb said she was pleased to have come to an agreement. She said, I'm delighted that our LGBTQIA officers, as well as our other police, who are allies and supporters, will be allowed to march this year, as they've done for the last 20 years. The Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras is an important event on the New South Wales police calendar, and as Commissioner, I'm committed to continuing to strengthen the relationships. As I said, I had a lot to say about this yesterday, and this is... I don't think that the negotiations are going to go any further. So I'll say this. I still think it is seriously disappointing that there are conditions on this. Yes, the person of interest to the police who's under arrest and and has been charged was a serving New South Wales police officer. But it should stop there. The Mardi Gras started back in the late 1970s, first of all, as a protest and a very, very understandable protest, that being gay was illegal and that the, 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 the treatment that gay people were, were handed out back in those terrible, terrible days was appalling. And so it started out as a protest to say, we are here, we're, we're proud to be queer, and they would parade down Oxford Street on floats It started out quite small, but it grew to a huge, huge thing to say, we're proud of who we are. And since the marriage equality plebiscite, which proved overwhelmingly that most Australians embrace the gay community, we all understand now that people who are gay were born that way, that you can't change a gay person through religion or shock therapy. And we embrace the gay community. And and that plebiscite proved that that's how Australians feel. And the gay community told us and has been constantly telling us that it's all about inclusion and it's all about understanding. And hence, rainbows are everywhere. It's a happy thing. It's inclusion and understanding. Well, there's not much inclusion and there's not much understanding if you and a band member's of the New South Wales Police Force from the Mardi Gras or say, oh, there are conditions on it now. You can't march in uniform. I understand. I understand that people are cranky at this one particular bloke who, by the way, is innocent till proven guilty. Let's make that really clear. I understand. But most members, the overwhelming majority of members of any police force would say we are supporting the gay community We would love to march shoulder to shoulder in complete support of the gay community and let us show by numbers the enormous support that community now has. I think it should be a time of inclusion and celebration and what's that other word? Tolerance. Well, the organisers of the Sydney Mardi Gras parade who have come back a little bit on their harsh stance of completely banning New South Wales police officers at the parade, have said, all right, uh, some can march, but not in uniform. Well, that's not inclusive, and there's not much tolerance there. I think they've taken a backward step, and I think they will regret this when everything calms down. I think in the heat of the moment, they've gone, let's ban the coppers. 
Why? Because the person of interest who has been charged was a police officer. That's like saying if somebody murders a gay person and they were a gardener, let's ban all gardeners. It's as simple as that. I think it was a rushed and heated decision. Cooler heads have prevailed yesterday so that some members of the police force can march, but they're not allowed to march in uniform. It kind of, to me, defeats the purpose. I would have thought that the police officers proudly marching in the Mardi Gras, which they have for 20 years now, both gay and and non-gay police officers, are there to support the LGBTQIA community. Anyway, they're just my thoughts. If you disagree, please let me know. But once again, I always thought that the whole Mardi Gras, now it stopped being a protest and now it has become a celebration, particularly after the overwhelming support of the LGBTQIA community Australia showed in that plebiscite to allow marriage equality, I would have thought it's meant to be a celebration an inclusive and tolerant celebration. What do you make of it? One triple three five three is the telephone number. I noticed that um, a number of members of the LGBTQIA community have written in and gone online with their protests over why all police officers are being punished. Um, I'll read out a couple of these in just a second. Um, Among those to voice their disappointment at the police ban was a former ABC radio host and gay rights advocate, Julie McCrossan, AM, who said as someone arrested multiple times during the early days of gay liberation in the 1970s in Sydney, cultural change and inclusiveness was what we were fighting for. Another commentator agreed, saying, I'm a lesbian, but I feel so very betrayed by my community. Why are we collectively punishing all cops for the alleged actions of one very disturbed man? This anti-cop sentiment has been brewing in the gay community for a while, and it has nothing to do with this particular alleged crime. Julie McCrossan called on the board of the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras to reverse their decision and allow uniformed police to participate. She said, quote, Very sorry Sydney Mardi Gras has withdrawn the invitation for New South Wales police to march with us as they've marched with us for 20 years and attended many other Mardi Gras events. Some of these police are gay and lesbian liaison officers. Others are marching to show leadership and nurture cultural change from within. She said, it'd be marvellous to see the mainstream organisations and government agencies join the Mardi Gras parade over the years. And this includes members of the Defence Force and faith groups. I'd love to hear from the Reverend Jim Reynolds, if he's up. I know he listens in. I know he listens in. But the Reverend Jim Reynolds, what do you make of banning uniformed Police from the Mardi Gras. As I say, I thought it was meant to be inclusive and I thought it was meant to be all about tolerance. I think they've done themselves a huge disservice and gone back with a step here. 13353 is the telephone number. To other issues, I want to ask you this, folks. Do you own 
a 100% fully electric vehicle. Uh, we at the Boner household now are proud owners of a, of, of a hybrid. And the Minister for War and Finance, she loves it. I don't like it. And you want to know why I don't like it? Because when she comes home, I can't hear her coming home. She comes down the driveway, it's completely silent. But I had a drive of it once. I drove it to uh, the Southern Highlands back once. It's unbelievable, this, this hybrid. But have you noticed that Toyota are not going fully electric? They're going hybrid, but not fully electric. And there's a reason for that. And we'll talk about it this morning. Because Australia's most popular vehicle brand, this is Toyota, has warned our federal government that their plan to cap vehicle emissions is rushed. What have I been saying for a couple of years now? It's a great idea. We'd all love to live completely off the grid and go completely renewables, but it's not ready yet. It's rushed. Labor's proposed new vehicle efficiency standard, according to Toyota, was released way too quick and it's way too aggressive. Toyota took the wraps off its BZ4X electric SUV in Canberra, revealing a vehicle that'll sell for $66,000 and it puts it in direct competition with cars from Tesla. But the company's sales vice president is Sean Hanley, who said while the new vehicle would be the foundation of Toyota's electrification strategy, the company's going to need more time to reduce emissions from the rest of its fleet because Australia's proposed fuel efficiency rules are very, very tough. Mind you, no one seems to give a shit about what China's doing or what India's doing or indeed what the United States of America's doing. But Australia's emission rules and targets are very, very tough. I'd like to hear from anyone who has a full electric vehicle. Do you recommend it to other people? Was it what you were expecting? I would seriously love to hear from anyone who's actually taken your full electric vehicle, not your hybrid, but your full electric vehicle. Have you taken it on a decent road trip? I really want to hear from you. Could you find charging stations along the way? Were they easy to find? Were they accessible? How long did it take to charge your car? Was there a queue up? Was there a waiting list? Have you got a charger at your home? Do you park your car in a garage? What happens if you have a full, uh, full electric vehicle and you park out on the street? How do you charge your car up overnight? And when we get to the point where we have nearly a million electric vehicles on Australian roads, most of them charging between the hours of 7 p.m., and 7am, what sort of pressure on our grid is that going to take? Please, anybody that owns a full electric vehicle, you've made the purchase, tell me what it's like. Give it a review for me. How much did it cost? Did you buy it because you were sick of uh, paying for petrol? Or did you buy it because you wanted to do the right thing by the environment? Maybe a bit of both? because most electric vehicles are pretty expensive, how long have you budgeted? How long is it going to take for you to get your money back without having to buy petrol? And here is something just to think about. When we get to a million electric vehicles on Australia's roads, what the hell is going to happen to the fuel excise? You see, the government is not going to allow 
For the $68 billion fuel excise that everyone pays when they pay for their petrol, if suddenly that figure is dwindling because people are uh, driving electric cars, they're not going to let that slide. They're going to introduce another tax to make up the shortfall. Okay? I, I mean, you know that. You know that. Governments don't allow people to pay less taxes. So... Anyway, why the, hell, why the hell do you think they haven't completely banned tobacco products? It's because of the tax. It's because of the tax. So anyway, uh, anyone who has a full electric vehicle, we love our hybrid. Not that I'm ever, ever going to drive it again. As I said, I drove it to Barrel and back and I shat myself the whole way. If God, if a scratch, if something had happened to that car while I was behind the wheel, I would live with that forever. But anyway, um, the Minister for War and Finance, she loves it. One triple three, five three is the telephone number. Um, speaking of tobacco products, and I hope to talk to Dr. Norrie about this next week. He's an interesting character, isn't he? He's very blunt. He has actually said the government needs to completely ban all vapes and all tobacco products. And I've said to him, well, hang on, the moment you do that, you're going to create a black market because nicotine is extremely addictive. And if people can't get their fix through a, 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 a product that can be bought legally over the counter, they're going to go under the counter. They're going to go under the counter. Nicotine is more addictive than heroin. Did you know? I think, is that the only reason why people smoke? Is the only reason, if you're a cigarette smoker, give me a call. Do you only smoke because you're addicted to nicotine? Because we now are getting close to the point where there are more people vaping and the health risks associated with vapes, according to the Australian Medical Association, are worse, worse than tobacco products. And the thing that I've never quite been able to understand is that I talk to a lot of people who vape and I say, oh, are you on electric cigarettes? Are you on vapes to get off tobacco products? And most of them say, no, I went straight to vaping. How does that work? Where is the logic there? Is it because people just want something to do with their hands? And I've, I've told you this before at my daughter's engagement party, average age, 28 to 32, 33 nearly everybody vaping and me being the inquisitive bastard that I am. I, I said, are you vaping to give up cigarettes? And none of them said, yes. They all said, no, we just went straight to vaping. I said, why? I said, why? They said, oh, don't know. Something to do. It's just something to do. I don't get it. But anyway, um, they're getting popular Australian influences now to create social media content about the harms of nicotine vapes in an effort to curb the soaring rates of addiction among teens. Sports stars, gamers, comedians, they're going to urge their millions of young followers to seek help to quit vaping and to try and educate them about the health risks and the environmental dangers. It's a new awareness campaign and it's being funded by us, well, the federal government. Social media is currently flooded with pro-vaping content with more than 18 billion posts on TikTok using the hashtag vape. Or is it at, what is it? Hashtag vape. And more than 18,000 vaping influencer profiles on Instagram dedicated to promoting e-cigarette smoking. 
Now, an estimated one in six Australian high school students are vaping, folks. One in six. While illegal vapes have become the top behavioural issue in classrooms. And these are people who are vaping that never smoked cigarettes in the first place. When vapes first came out, I was all for it because I thought, oh, if it gets you off tobacco products, the hideous uh, nicotine tobacco products with all its carcinogenics and poisons, maybe it's a good thing. But uh, now the science says that the ingredients in vapes, well, number one, you don't really ever know what's in a vape. Anyone vape, any vapors out there, give me a call and uh, tell me, why do you do it? And are you 100% aware of what's actually inside your your vape? But a colleague of mine here at Triple M, when her son was in primary school, she said that there were kids in years four, five, and six at primary school vaping at school, and they found empty vapes out in the um, playground. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Anyway, one triple three five three is the telephone number. Here's a question for you. There's a, a New South Wales motorist who was caught on camera stealing a camera. Well, not quite. He stole a warning sign. It was a bloke. Where was he? He was up at uh, Lake Macquarie, New South Wales. And a passing motorist couldn't believe his eyes when he spotted this bloke removing the warning sign of a mobile speed camera. This bloke, Lee Mitchell, recalled how the man tossed the warning sign down a drain. And he's shared photos of the bizarre incident on Facebook. And Thomas, I'll get Thomas to put the, these photos on our Facebook so you can see it for yourself. The images show a man walking down a footpath carrying a warning sign, which had reportedly been unchained from the back of a telegraph pole. At one point, the man, who was wearing a printed black T-shirt and a blue pair of board shorts, he flipped the middle finger at someone as traffic banked up on the busy road. The guy stole the speed camera warning sign and threw it down a drain. Now, the reason, if you get booked on a mobile speed camera and there's no warning sign, you can get out of the fine. Now, the reaction to this is divided on social media. A lot of people have praised the motorist for getting rid of the sign. One guy wrote, give this guy an effing medal. He's an effing legend. Others believe the onus was on the motorist to drive responsibly, whether the speed camera warning sign was there or not. If you get booked, you're breaking the law. Pretty simple. Don't speed, one commented. Another said, Sorry, but if you get booked, it's your own fault. You shouldn't have been speeding in the first place. Some slammed the man for removing the sign and argued that more drivers are now going to get caught speeding not knowing there's a speed camera in the area. One person wrote, why take the sign down? Isn't it there to alert other drivers to slow down that there's a speed camera coming up, one said? As most of you will know, the New South Wales government reintroduced portable speed camera warning signs last year. It was a backflip that came three years after the government removed the warning signs. So what do you make of this bloke? So he hasn't taken the camera away because the camera's inside a vehicle. 
He's taken the warning sign away and thrown it down a drain. So I don't know how you read into this. My interpretation is that um, he's taken the warning sign away, knowing that the law is if there's no warning sign and you get pipped by the camera, you can fight it. Or was he just a lunatic? I don't know. It brings back that that debate which we've had on this program. Do you think there should be warning signs for mobile speed cameras? A lot of people have written onto this Facebook page and said, listen, if you're speeding, warning sign or not, you deserve to get pinged. Others have said, well done, give the guy a medal. He's a legend. Anyway, see if you can find that and put it on our Facebook page. And let's ask the question, did this guy do the right thing or the wrong thing? Well, legally, he's done the wrong thing. And he's also littered, hasn't he? He's thrown it down a drain. It's not very environmental of him, is it? Anyway, one triple three five three is the telephone number. Um, there could be a new supermarket, a mystery new supermarket chain coming into Australia to try and boost competition. The Prime Minister has ruled out forcibly breaking up major supermarket chains. He said, look, we're not the Soviet Union. But he's flagged measures to encourage new entrants into Australia, which could involve working with the states to reduce the ability of other players to land bank. Now, we discussed this the other night with David Littleproud. Land banking is when the big supermarkets basically buy land and they stop other supermarkets from opening. In recent years, there was speculation Amazon Fresh could be established in Australia. The supermarket chain dubbed cashless, cashierless and creepy. I've never been into an Amazon Fresh. Customers simply walk out the door without removing their wallet to pay. The company relies on store CCTV recording every time an item is taken from the shelf and a credit card linked to a customer's Amazon account is then automatically billed for the purchase. Anyone ever been into an Amazon Fresh? I haven't. Tell me if you have. But we do have competition here in Australia. It's just that people don't use it. So Coles and Woolies, they're the big two. They're the duopoly. But we've discussed this. Why does Aldi struggle to compete with Coles and Woolies? What, what is the USP for Aldi? That's the unique selling point. The unique selling point to me is they're a little bit different. Apparently, there's nothing wrong with their produce. It's up there with the quality you'd expect, but the checkouts are a little bit different. And as it goes along the conveyor belt, you stuff it all back into your trolley. Then you go over to another area and you've got to pack your own bags. Is that the end of the world? If Aldi is so much cheaper and if the quality at Aldi is up there with Coles and Woolies, why aren't they a bigger competitor? I don't know. I don't know. The, the Minister for War and Finance at home, that's the only place she shops. She only shops at Aldi. The trouble is I do most of the shopping and I go to Coles. Why do I go to Coles? Because I know where everything is. I'm lazy. I don't even look at the prices. That's how bad I am. Why are we now seriously trying to encourage more competition when the competition is there, but people aren't using it? Do you have an IGA? Do you shop at your IGA and not go to Coles and Woolies? Here's my question. Why is Coles and Woolies so big? 
are they that much cheaper? Is it because of the wider aisles? Is it because they have more checkouts? Why do you choose Coles and Woolies over any of the other competitors? This is the question I'm asking this morning, and I'd love to hear from you. If you're the major shopper in your household, why do you choose Coles and Woolies over Aldi, Costco, IGA, and the other smaller players? One triple three, five three. I'd really, really love to learn all about that. Um, look, there's so much other stuff that I want to talk about this morning, and if the good Lord's willing and the creeks don't rise, I will. We've got the quickie continuing. Today's Thursday. It's day four today. That's right. So we put a brand new clue on the podcast yesterday. So it's been there for a few hours now. Has anyone had a listen? Oh, two or three. Two or three. That's it. hundred. Okay. Do they have survey books? Oh, you'd hope. Oh, you'd hope so. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a radio survey book, tick triple M. So the quickie, it's got to go off today. If it doesn't. Thomas, if it doesn't go off today, can it go into tomorrow? Oh, Luke, ah, that's telling. the question. But if, if you listen the question, to the podcast, you'll know the answer to that. Absolutely. All righty. So we'll try and give away the, the quickie a little bit later today. Um, yes, I'm dying to hear from anyone that has a birthday today on the 29th of February. You only get one birthday every four years. I want to know how it works with you. Do you have other birthdays? Like, do you celebrate the 28th or the 1st of March, or do you save them up? Birthday banking is what I'm going to call it. And then every four years, you just go gluttonous. You have four birthday cakes, four, the four times the presents, eh? How does it work? Anyway, let's get to know each other. If you've never rung before, you know what? Today's your day. And if you are a lifelong member of the Night Shift family, come on down and say good day and let us know how you're going. Caller of the week tomorrow. It's all happening. I'll give you a look at your weather at your place in just a little while. One triple three five three is the number. Nightshift at triplem.com.au. You're listening to the Night Shift around Australia and around the world on the Triple M network, and we are streaming as we speak on the listener app. Noise works here on the night shift with Boner. One triple three five three. Uh, we do get very busy here on the night shift, so if there's uh, anything that's tickled your fancy in our conversational menu this morning, or as Thomas calls it, the bullshit buffet, um, please feel free. What? It's because you're full of it afterwards. Well, that's right, and you can get, but you can always come back for more. You can always, you can always. Eh? A wafer thin mint. Wafer thin, yeah, Mr. Creosote from uh, the Meaning of Life. How funny was that? Oh, it's great. Great movie. Great movie. Oh, I hope Monsieur has not been overdoing it today. I have. <laughs> I think I'll only have the usual 12 crates of ale. You know when you were saying how people indulge on their their leap year birthdays, say, take mm. all the four years, do you reckon mm. they go to that level? I think they should. I think they need to go and find an all-you-can-eat buffet and just stay there for the day. And just stay there for the day. Um, one triple three five three. We got uh, a traffic update. If you're travelling on the Great Western Highway um, near Mount Victoria, Paul, what's happening, buddy? Okay, uh, baby. Uh, very very heavy storm across the top from Katoomba all the way through to Hartley. The base of Mount Victoria in the Hartley, there's water over the road. 
Yeah. And it looks like it's going to straight goes straight down into town, mate. So big heavy rainfall, and, uh, a lot of fog. So I uh, just want all the other truck drivers out there and motorists to be very very careful. Okay, I'm just bringing up the radar, the bomb radar. Yes, I can see it. I can see it. Lithgow, Bathurst, Oberon. They're getting some rain. There's some. There's some rain. Hang on, I'm just going to go out a little bit further. Stay with me. Stay with me. Uh, there's some. There's some rain at Dubbo, Gulgong, Mudgee, Bathurst, and uh, yes, and it's going. It's coming from the west and it's heading eastward. So I can see that. So thank you very much. Rain on the water. At uh, Mount Victoria, Great Western Highway. Big storm, take it easy. Paul, well done, buddy. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Luke. Have a good one. There, thank you, Paul. Nice to have you aboard. One triple three five. Yeah, one triple three five three is the telephone number. If there's anything going on in our roads nationally and uh, you'd like to give other drivers a heads up, this is the place to come. Yep, uh, all those callers and hold, I can see you there. Don't go anywhere. I will be with you very shortly. And I can't wait to do our caller of the week tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to give away a Pestrol, Mozzie and Fly Zapper. I'm going to give away some Swift Grow. I'm going to give away, I should give away the um, the new Nature Bee Power Pollen Shake, which we launched this week. Anyway, there'll be a whole lot of good good prezies coming your way. Uh, all you've got to do is inspire us, encourage some conversation, join the conversation, and uh, you could win Call of the Week. Hey, listen, if it's green and it grows, you're going to love this swift grow. Even if you're not the gardener in your house, I bet you know someone who is. This is a tremendous present, a lovely thing to give away. But if you are a gardener, get this on your lawn and in your, in your garden, and your neighbours are going to hate you. They will, they'll say, what are you doing? How come your plants are bigger? How come your, the colours in your garden, the flowers, stay blooming all the way through the, through the year? It's all because of Swift Grow, this natural, all-organic barramundi fertiliser that everyone's raving about. So here is the best deal yet. One five-litre bottle of Swift Grow and free delivery Australia-wide. It's a saving of 50%. And remember, if it's green and it grows, you need Swift Grow. Order online, swiftgrow.com.au. So if you've never rung before, why don't you make today your day? Even if you only ring once every four years. (laughs) If you only ring once every four years, we'll take it today. eh? Sounds good. Steph has rung before, I think, and she's on the line. Steph, hello. Welcome to the night shift. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Good. Hey, I've just got a little observation for you, just to lighten the mood. Yeah. If I can quickly. That interval music, I don't know if it's inappropriate to say, surely you've got a bit of thick skin. She sounds a little bit grungy porn. Who's this? And chuck that husky voice in with a bit of Luke Boner. Who are you talking about? The music, the little interval music. That I've been listening to. Oh, because you're on hold, yes. Yeah. yeah see, because there, I think there's about 71 or something stations, uh, and you can't hear all their commercial breaks, so we just play music on hold so that you know that we're here. Oh, I know. It's the way they introduce your name. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have to have to listen to it. You'll see what I mean. Yeah. I've got other things <laughs> to do, I think, Steph. <laughs> Steph, why did you ring me? What's yeah. up? Um, the smoking versus vaping. Mm. So... 
that's the discussion we have in the salon a bit. A lot of justification on both sides. Oh, that's right, sides. Steph. You're a hairdresser. Yeah. yeah the, the thing I don't get is that the the enormous amount of young Australians that vape that never smoked in the first place, they've gone straight to vapes. I don't get it. Yeah, I find it stupid. Really stupid. Like, I, I started smoking when I was 18. I was a late bloomer for my generation too. Mm. And regretted ever since. Mm. But also... Um, to me, it's common sense, liquid. It is wet versus dry. Neither are good, but it's a no-brainer. It's a wet moisture. Yeah, so, like, but, but what they're doing now, the government has employed a yeah. whole lot of influencers, famous people, I've never heard of them, but famous people to, to, to try and go on social a social media advertising campaign to, to get people to quit vaping. I don't know if it's mm. going to work. Well, if you've got an addictive personality, anything is going to be hard to quit. So the vapes that people are addicted to, they've got to have nicotine in them, correct? Well, they've got something in it. I think anything, it's a habit. It's a hand-to-mouth. Mm. I've got a cousin who um, a psychologist did say to her, do you know what? If you need it, you have it and use it like a fidget. And I thought, how yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, a fidget. It's just stupid. They were, they were the little spinny things. Yeah. Whatever, whatever happened to fidgets? Oh, no, they're still around. They, there used regularly. to be one on everyone's desk at one point, and they're, they're gone yeah. now, yeah. Yeah, no, give me a stress ball any day. Yeah. yeah. Actually, no. actually, that's because some people do have a stress ball. I wonder, one triple three five three. what do people use to relieve stress? I, I can't even, I'm not even going to comment. No, it's, it's after, I think the kids are in bed, we can talk about it. Yeah, well, there's plenty of other things, but um, yes. Oh, what do you yep. do to relieve stress? Whatever happened uh, to the fidgets? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's just been taken over now. It's like a Pazos or a Pogs or anything. It's like kids will buy them and then they'll trade them at school. My yeah. girls do. They're yeah. 11 and 12. Steph, and they do, yeah. S- Steph, in the hairdresser, what else are people talking about? What What's the number one thing on people's minds? Number one thing, oh, lately? Let me mm. think to pinpoint one thing. There's a lot of random conversations. So the one that does come up quite regularly is the whole cash is king. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's a big. It's a big debate. Oh, we talk. I and saw, tech. I saw. General, a, I like saw a that. guy begging. I saw here at Triple M Central. There was a guy begging. He had his cardboard sign up, um, mm-hmm. asking for money, and it said, "I have FPOS." <laughs> he had an FPOS machine. You're joking? No, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, no, so what, he's hooked into free Wi-Fi somewhere, or has he got his Wi-Fi set up too? I have no idea. Somewhere in his house close by. And it's only a matter of time until most buskers have the same thing. Because, yeah, well, because, yeah. because people don't carry change anymore. The more we become cash-free, obviously, uh, people have got a little plastic card. Actually, what I have noticed is people tapping their phone. They have an app on their phone, and they tap the phone when they buy their groceries. Well, if there's no cash... You're not going to spontaneously leave a 15% tip at a restaurant. No. It's going to be a conscious thing that you do when you're paying the bill. You don't, you know, if back in the old days, you'd get out your cash and you'd round it up and you'd say, keep yeah. the change. Well, that's what markets used to be. You used to go to the market and go, oh crap, I better get cash out first. And then mm. that's when you went to the markets. Now, now that- all these people at markets that sell their honey and their jam and their hats and whatever else, they've all got to have an FPOS machine. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, I think the little um, the tooth fairy. You lose all those fun things. That's um, a, that's a that's a very important point. 
what happens with the tooth fairy, Thomas? Because you'd, you'd put you put your tooth under the pillow and you'd wake up the next day, if this is back in my day, 20 cents would be there. Now there would be an IOU. You know what happens. The tooth fairy flutters down, mm. grabs the tooth and just nudges the kid and says, hey, can I do a bank transfer? No, that's what's going to happen with the tooth fairy now that we don't carry cash. Yeah, one of my clients works for the Mint, obviously no names, or works with the Mint, and I asked her about it. I'm like, what is your opinion? Are we going to go completely cashless or what? And she said, no, we cannot go completely cashless. There are things like witness protection and other sort of areas like that where they'll never be able to just have tech. So there will be causes like that, that they will still need cash and everything that's not um, traceable. But if you're on witness protection, they can give you an FPOS card. They can give you a whole new identity and a a bank account, can't they? Then if you've got someone smart who knows people and knows people and they trig onto this made-up name, you call it. Those people who know people who know people who who go that, who are ready Mm. to dig that deep will also know where you've moved to, I would imagine. Well, you would, yeah, I know how sad. Some so, sick people out there. But but anyway, getting back to the the, the guy who was begging and the buskers, yeah. um, everyone's going to have a, uh, an app on their phone where someone taps their card and it goes straight into your bank account. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's ridiculous. What else? Are they, what else are they talking about? Um, here's here's one that I brought up this morning, and I thought that you might talk about it. Where you are in Albury, Wodonga, you would have Coles and Woolies, and I'm tipping you have an Aldi, do you? Well, see, I'm about 30 minutes from Albury, and yes, we have. that's where we go to do some bigger shopping with an Aldi. Um, we have a Woolies in town and an IGA, which is huge. So we've got those two competing, and Coles is also in Albury, Wodonga. See, I'd like to know the figures. Um, mm. are, are, are Coles and Woolies dominant in your regional hub? Yeah. And why? Because Anthony Albanese is saying that he's entertaining allowing another big player in, and, the, and we don't know mm. the name. So at the moment we're calling it Colesworths. I don't know <laughs> I don't know what it will be. But my point is we already have competition. Why aren't the majority of Australians going to the competition? Why is it that the majority of Australians still shop at Coles and Woolies, even, yeah, even I, when there is choice? See, around this area that I like that I'm familiar with, um, a lot of people do use Aldi. I feel Aldi doesn't deliver. Well, around here they don't. So that takes them off if people want to do click and collect or delivery. All oh, right, right. That's sort of taken off. I think some people are lazy lazy to not pack their own groceries. Like how hard is, is it? Is it really? It's a, pain in, it's a pain in the ass sometimes. But if you do a big shop, it is. Even and- Aldi's campaign says, we know we, we're not your first choice. But thanks for dropping in anyway. And hopefully we'll see you again. And then it says, Aldi, different. So they know they're a little bit different. But if they are genuinely cheaper and if they're, if the goods on their shelves, if the quality's there, why aren't more people going to Aldi or IGA or Costco or the rest of them? Well, say I've never been to Costco. So Me neither. You've got to join, haven't you? It's a membership. Something. My brother's never taken me. He's in Blackburn in Melbourne. Um I think our Aldi, which is in Madonga, is really small compared to Coles and Woolies. So whether that's a factor. I don't know. Like there's literally three aisles, maybe three, yeah. four aisles. Right, that, might, that might be it. The Aldi where we are at our local shopping centre is huge. It's huge. 
And you, and, and people, uh, I'm not an Aldi shopper. I go to Coles only because I know where everything is. But people love that middle aisle where they can buy dartboards and camping chairs and the stra- and, and spanner sets for your car. People love that middle aisle. But how many of them do you need? I don't know, but pe- people love that middle aisle. Fill it with bakery section. I'd shop there every day. Hey, listen, nice to talk to you. Thanks for your call. You too. Thanks, Steph. Steph, uh, who rings us from time to time, who lives in the Albury-Wodonga area. She's a, a hairdresser, and she hears all the goss. And it's it's a great way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on. Hey, listen, one triple three five three. if you want to get through. Ian's uh, in Adelaide. Ian, good day. Hey, how you doing? Are you a leap year person? Uh, yes. As of uh, 30 minutes ago, I celebrated my seventh birthday. Your seventh birthday. God bless you, Ian. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers. Ian, happy birthday. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I had a, had a nice evening. Uh, just going through uh, Mac's, uh, sorry, Hungry Jack's drive-thru. About to have a, uh, a vape to relax. You know, you know, Gee, have... you're really celebrating, aren't you? <laughs> you? You're really going over the top. Ian, who is turning seven today so how old would you be oh uh, so i turned 28 today oh well yeah you took 28 and then yeah seven for the leap year so so what happens do you uh when you were growing up are you still at home or you've left home now no no i'm currently in adelaide for the fringe festival okay so when you were growing up did you have a birthday on the 28th or the first or how did it work so this is a question I get all the time, and uh, I think people do it differently. For myself, I do. I celebrate on the 28th of Feb because that means it's still February. You know, yeah. I think if I was to celebrate on the 1st of March, even though it's still like kind of the same amount of days, like the 29th day, it's like I'm not a March birthday. So I'm not a March baby, you know. So I still I didn't like choose to be a February. And did your so your parents you still had a birthday every year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But parents you, would still throw a birthday like you know every year, but you'd do it on the twenty eighth. But yeah. every fourth year, you'd have like the bigger, you know, the bigger celebration. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever feel? Did you did you always feel special? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was like one in a one thousand two hundred something chance of happening. So yeah, I know uh, it's very rare. It <laughs> it's very very rare. As I said in, in my introduction, I know a bloke whose uh, mother begged the doctor to push his birthday on the on the birth certificate. This is the doctor that delivered him. Push it forward one day. Please give him uh, give him the, the, the 1st of March so he didn't have to put up with the leap year thing and the doctor refused to do it. That sounds absolutely wild. Why would you want to change it? I don't know. It's pretty she, cool. I, think I don't she, know why he'd be so upset. Like, yeah, I don't know. That sounds weird. I think she thought that the child was going to suffer in some way. <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> As is. <laughs> well, look, it's a very rare thing to to find a, a leaper, and uh, I hope that you have a great day today. So you're officially seven today. Correct. Yeah, seven today. Seven today. <laughs> Good on you, Ian. You have a great day. Ah, thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, mate. Anyone else out there celebrating a a leap year birthday today, Thursday, February twenty nine, one triple three, five three. Here's the telephone number. I'm going to give away a Pestrol Mozzie Fly Zapper tomorrow for Core of the Week. And if you're like me, you probably can't stand the pesky invaders. This is the game changer. It is the executioner. It is the big, big bad boy 
of mozzie and fly zappers. And let me tell you, it doesn't just repel them, it annihilates them. But we only have 10 this morning because my very good friend, Andrew Fennell, who is the boss of Pestrol, he has got these tennis racket mozzie zappers, which are a hell of a lot of fun. A hell of a lot of fun and very practical. And we've only got 10 each morning to give away. So if you go on to pestrol.com.au, head to pestrol.com.au, order your executioner, and you'll get the tennis racket zapper thrown in for free. But there's only 10. Free delivery anywhere in Australia if you use the code SPUD, S-P-U-D, SPUD. So hurry up. Only 10. Don't let flies and mozzies ruin your life. Grab the executioner. Enjoy the great outdoors, pest-free, pestrol.com.au. One triple three five three is the number. Back with calls in a sec. Just uh, an observation of something we, we talked about last night, and that is uh, traffic controllers, the stop-go people. And we had a fantastic caller, Joe, who may well get caller of the week. I'd love to replay what Joe said. Joe is a, a female traffic controller, and she sort of explained how you become one and the certificates you have to get. And uh, you have to jump through quite a few hoops to get regular work. The reason we talked about traffic controllers was there was a story online about uh, jobs you don't need a university degree for that pay over $100,000 a year. And one of them was traffic controllers. And according to the article, a traffic controller, a stop-go person, and I don't mean to diminish the job, but just so you know what I'm talking about, a stop-go person can earn up to $120,000 a year. Now, Joe, the traffic controller, if you're listening, Joe, I'd love you to call back in because Joe was saying that there are three main certificates that you need to get, and they cost money to get, and you can't get work without them. And then you could possibly earn $120,000 a year if you worked seven days a week, 365 days of the year. Or if it was this year, 366 days of the year. But she said it's very, very hard to earn that much money. And then I said as an observation, it seems to me that a lot of the stop and go people, especially the ones I see here at Triple M Central, because they do road works all through the night and they're doing this light rail. They're forever working on that. And so you see a lot of people in white overalls with high-vis vests, flashing lights, and you can't help but notice them. And a lot of the stop-go people are females, and they seem to me to be very attractive. And I got an email uh, from a bloke who said that uh, they are attractive. They're usually backpackers that come here, and um, they do their certificates but they have to be employed by whoever's in charge of a particular job. And often it's the attractive ones that get the job. This is just an email. What was his name? Dean. Yeah, Darren. Darren. Yeah. Was it Darren, was it? Yeah, here it is. Hi, Luke. The reason traffic controllers are most often attractive young women is quite smart. If you've been delayed because of roadworks or construction – Uh, More often than not, you become frustrated because of the delay. 
they have found that road users were far less likely to abuse the person holding the stop-go sign if it was an attractive woman. I think it's very clever. That is from Darren. And I've got another email, which I'll find a sec, from someone who says, yes, I work in the construction I- industry, and the boss who hires people for the job deliberately picks attractive young women to be the stop-go people. It makes it easier on the eye for us, the workers, and it relieves stress with drivers who are frustrated that they're being held up. So there you go. That's one theory. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if it's true. But yeah, Joe, the traffic controller, was was very, very good. If you're listening, Joe, thank you for, for ringing up last night. Well, I'll find that conversation, and you may well win call of the week. But later in the morning, I got a call from Matt. And this was right at the end of the show yesterday. So I wanted to re- quickly replay it for you now, because a lot of you may have missed it. Um, it was, oh, I went to wear it about quarter past, 20 past four yesterday morning. Matt's not a big fan of the traffic controllers. Here's a little of what he had to say. Um, just wanted to have a chat about this traffic controller and the amount of money they earn and how ridiculous it can be. Um, I've got my traffic controllers ticket from when I was in construction a few years ago. Um, the money is definitely there. If, Like your earlier caller said, if you want to work properly, then you can earn the money. Obviously, a lot of people don't like working six, seven days a week anymore, so... They don't earn the good money that some of them do. But I think what annoys me is not just how easy it is to become a traffic controller because it, many, is, an many, book, many. it yep. is an open book test. It is uh, literally walk into a room, sit yep. there at 9 o'clock in the morning. The teacher will tell you the answers if he has to. He'll yep. help you keep up. Our teacher that taught us our Cert 2 and traffic controller ran out of time, so he didn't even do a practical demonstration with us. He just told us to tell our boss that we had. So... They're definitely pumping out traffic controllers left, right and centre. But I was hoping maybe one of your listeners can maybe give me the info on why it takes so many of them to stand around on one job. Now, I live on the Gold Coast, and I'm not sure if you're aware, we've had roadworks going on in our motorway for about 10 years now. And every night, there is at least six or seven traffic controllers standing around one ute, having a chat, having a cigarette, waiting for someone to do their job. And then they move to the next section, another six or seven of them stand around, and I just can't understand why it takes so many of them to do one job. Wow. Woohoo! That is Matt, who went for his traffic controller certificate, reckons it's easy. You walk into a room, they give you the answers. But he wants to know why it takes so many of them, and they're, sitting, they're standing around doing nothing, having a cigarette, having a chat. He went on to say that he thought it was a bludge of a job. Anyone can do it. You don't have to be particularly bright to do it. He says he was a traffic controller. Boring job. And uh, yes, if you work every shift, if you do get hired every single day, especially on public holidays and Sundays, you can earn a lot of money. Any traffic controllers out there like to comment on what Matt had to say? One triple three five three is the telephone number. Craig's online. Good day, Craig. Craig, talk to me. Good morning. Uh, how you going? I'm good, thank you, Craig. What's up? Yeah, I just called in about um, the the banning that, that you were talking about with the Pride March. The, the Mardi Gras, yeah. Um, because of that horrific double murder of two young gay people, 
and the fact that the person who is a person of interest, I'm going to be very careful for legal reasons here because he's been charged, was a police officer. The um, administration of the Sydney Mardi Gras decided to uninvite police officers to march. Yesterday, there were further discussions. They're now saying we'll allow some police officers to march, but not in uniform. And I think it's a terrible shame that everyone's judged by one person. And I would have thought that members of the police force who are gay or not would love to stand shoulder to shoulder and proudly show the gay community that they have their full support. I think they've made a terrible mistake, Craig. That's my opinion. Yeah, I I, I agree with you, it shouldn't have been dealt with the way it was, but I think it was more of a, they hit the panic buttons. and Yes, I do too. And I think they did too. I, I agree with you. They hit the panic button. Let's not invite the police because a police officer is a person of interest and uh, has been charged. That Does that mean if that person of interest was a gardener, all gardeners would be barred? I mean, I, I, I'm just saying, I think it was narrow-minded. I think they pulled the trigger way too early. If you'll I'll reword that. I think that they reacted way, way, way too early. And I think they've done themselves a massive disservice. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Thanks for your call, Craig. Craig agrees that the police may have hit the panic button. Uh, g'day, Dave. G'day, Luke. How are you going, mate? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Well, thanks. Just um, your leap year. It's, uh, yeah, well, we, we won't be talking about it for another four years, so we may as well talk about it today. Yeah, no, I turned 14 today. So oh. today. Hey, hang, on a, hang on a second. Dave, you turn 14 today. Yeah, I, I, 14 sounds better than 56, Luke. So. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dave. What's it like only having a birthday once every four years? Tell me about it. You know, look, I, I think the young fellow I rang up before, he liked to celebrate on the 28th, but I sort of was the opinion that the 28th of February is every year, regardless of whether it's a, a leap year or not. And um, the following day is either March the 1st or, yeah, every, every four years, to the 29th of Feb. So, yeah, I celebrate obviously today or on the 1st of March. So, so you were born in what 90, year? 68. 68? Yeah. So you're 14 today. What? What? Are, how many years have you been on the planet? Uh, 56. Yeah, the, 56. You just mentioned that. Sorry, 56. Oh. Eh? When you were growing up, did you have a birthday every year, or did you did you hoard them? No, no. Some years, well, as you get older, you probably like to miss a few birthdays, but probably um, <laughs> no, make sure that doesn't happen. So, and I've got a, a, a stupid mother that. Um, at least this year, sure, I'll get a card today when I see her, and it'll be a, a card with the number 14 on there. But last year... I love she, that. Well, she'd buy one with 13, yeah. and then she'd three quarters or a half. And, yeah. I mean, she's, she's in her 80s, and you know, it makes her happy, so it's sort of like... Yeah. Or, or she'd send them to work, you know, and by the time I got through the DX system, you know, everyone would know, because she'd write stupid things on the cover, like a little ball. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, growing up wasn't too bad, but as you get older, it's sort of, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, but yeah, look, oh, it's just, uh, just another day, really. So just another <laughs> day, just another day. What happens when you, um, 
when you need to show ID? What's it, what does your driver's license say? Let, I mean, you're too young to drink in a pub. You realise that, don't you? Exactly. Can't do so that. do you have to show your ID? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, <laughs> with the grey hair and, um, and the wrinkles in the glasses, I'd probably be right. Yeah, and then they look at your driver's licence. Uh, anyway. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, yeah, one of those things. But... All right. Well, look, happy birthday, Dave. You only really get it every four years. Uh, I wish you all the best. Happy 14th birthday. Good on you, mate. And just before I go, I'll just make that, that, uh, that quick, bro. Mm. I bought some of that for my father, and he made the mistake of watering his entire lawn because they've got the, the old quarter-acre quarter block. Yeah. And like, he's got to the stage now with the, the hot weather and the rain. He's got someone in to actually help him mow it now. Every week, week and a half, he's got to, he's got to mow the lawn now because he's decided he's watered his entire <laughs> block. And um, oh, yeah. that is great. That is what Swift Grow does. And can I just say this? We had, I don't know why, but we came back from holidays one day and we had this huge round brown patch on our front lawn, the one out the front on the nature strip, right? The one that the council owns. Yeah. I mean, what's happened here? We thought um, that's got to be army worm or something or somebody's sprayed it with Roundup. I don't, I, we didn't know. And we, were, and we were scratching our heads. We couldn't work out what had happened. So what we did was we put Swift Grow and Swift Life on it. It came back in four days. It was green again in four days. And we put Swift Grow over the whole thing out the front. And the neighbors said, did you put brand new turf down? But you're right. It's, it is the most unbelievable product. And your dad loves it, eh? Oh, look, Chance, but um, yeah, look, I, I was amazed. I was amazed. It is amazing. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable. It, it is yeah. unbelievable. Well, listen, for a birthday present, can I send you some more Swift Grow? Yeah, or well, he's got. I, I bought it for him. I've actually got any, so that'd be fantastic. Oh, stay there for for a happy leap year, for a happy fourteenth birthday. I'm going to send you a litre of Swift Grow and just use it as the instructions say. It's just one capful in nine litres of water. Don't overdo it, folks, and it will last you forever. And, and the deal is a five-litre bottle and free delivery Australia-wide for just 120 bucks. It is that good, folks. You just heard it. That's uh, Dave celebrating a leap year birthday today. Swiftgrow.com.au. You stay right there, Dave. And uh, we'll get Montana to send you a birthday present. This is the night shift on Triple M. How many of you out there in Triple M land snore? There's a few hands in the air. There's a few hands in the air. Snoring, it's been medically proven that snoring can lead to heart disease. It can also lead to divorce. If you snore, and does your partner say, by the way, you stop breathing for periods of time while you're asleep? You could have sleep apnea, and the best way to do it, to to get this fixed is go and get tested. And Sovey have testing labs all over Australia, and uh, they can bulk bill it. So your testing is bulk billed. Conditions apply, but Sovey S O V E they are the CPAP sleep apnea specialists. So if you have sleep apnea but can't afford CPAP treatment. Sovey CPAP Clinic offer interest-free payment plans for CPAP machines and accessories, and they've got all the leading brands, ResMed, Philips, 
Fisher and Pykel, and they can tailor a treatment just for you. And it works out to be just about a, a cup of coffee, $4 a day. Just ask them about it. Sove, S-O-V-E, stop snoring today. CPAP is used for obstructive sleep apnea treatment. Always follow the directions. When considering whether CPAP's right for you, speak to your doctor. Payment plans available for approved applicants only. Fees, terms, conditions, minimum amounts and exclusions apply. CPAP. Sove. S-O-V-E. Now, a couple of people have just dropped out. Because I do want to talk to you all, and there's a lot of topics to get to this morning. You just pick them. You just pick which topic. We'll chat about it. You could get call of the week tomorrow. But if you have dropped out, and that happens a lot on this show because most of our listeners are, are traveling, try again right now. A couple of lines have just opened up. Back with calls in a sec. Oh, I've got an email here from one of our regulars who was uh, Steve, who says, Luke, I've got uh, something for you to think about. Share this with your listeners. All right, I'll entertain it. I'll entertain it. Steve says, how can 8 plus 8 equal 4? All right. How can eight plus eight equal four? From Steve. You're tertiary educated. Come on. Well. No, you've got nothing. No. You've got nothing. Steve is saying, how can eight plus eight equal four? Anyone got any thoughts? I've got the answer here. It's very good, Steve. Very good. Let's see if anyone gets it. Um, Carl's online. Good day, Carl. Carl. Yo. Yo, Carl, talk to me. How are you, Lukey? I haven't had a birthday, but I'm having an anniversary, a wedding anniversary. Today? Today. How many? Uh, well, six years in actual anniversaries, but 30 years. Been together 30 years. Hang on, so you got engaged on the 29th? No, no, we actually got married on the 29th. The wife thought she'd make it easy on me to remember the uh, that anniversary. That is... That- that is very, very good. So this is Carl, who is celebrating a wedding anniversary today, officially six years today, but how many years ago did you get married? 24. <laughs> you think about right. birthdays, you forget about people who got married on the 29th of February. And tell me the story. Your wife thought she'd make it easier on you. Why? Yeah, no, she thought she'd make it easy on me to remember the anniversary. So every time an Olympic Games comes around, I can say, oh, that's the year I've got to have an anniversary. (laughs) So getting married on the 29th of February has saved you a fortune in chocolates and flowers? Shit, yeah. And and possibly lingerie? Or maybe I don't go there. Maybe I don't go there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it's saved me a bucket load of money, mate. It saved you a bucket load. I'm just thinking, what else? Has Carl saved money on only having an anniversary every four years? Uh, going away on romantic weekends? That's it. What else has it saved your money on? Dinners? Uh, well, mate, it saved me a, a bucket load of money on the wedding too because uh, she organised it all and it was at a surf club. Yeah, and yeah. And when we got married, she, uh, she said, oh, we're going out to dinner. And I went, no, I'm not going out to dinner. She goes, no, no, we're going out to dinner. No, no, I'm not going. Anyway, she t- finally talked me into going out to dinner and um, we got married. So, what you did, what do you mean? She t- she she talked you into going out to dinner, and you got married. What do you mean? 
Well, she organised the whole wedding and everything else for that. Well, hang on. So you were going out to dinner, but you were actually going to your wedding. Yep. How do you... uh, Are you serious? Yeah, I am serious. No, you can't... Who had the rings? She did. (laughs) Who had the... What about your speech? Oh, I didn't have a speech, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you're eloquent. You didn't need a speech. You just did it off the top of your head. I did. So, you, you thought you were just going to dinner with just the two of you? Yep. You went to a surf club and everyone was there. That's it. And she <laughs> she, she, didn't tell you you were going to your wedding, but you had to apply for a, 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 a celebrant or someone. What about all the legals? What about all that? Oh, she, I don't know what, how she did it, but, mate, she gives, um, I often say she gives good phone because... This girl can talk away out of anything, I tell you. <laughs> uh, How many years ago? I've got to write this down. 20, 24 years ago. 24 years ago, but you're really today celebrating yes. your sixth year. Yep. And you thought you were uh, going to the surf club for dinner and you were actually going to your own wedding. Yep. That's unreal. Uh, That's, that... if, you, um, if you want to have a look at it, it actually made the front page of the Gold Coast Bulletin. Did it really? It did. Because I rang the next morning and asked for the day off because I'd had a few to drink. <laughs> and he said, why do you want a day off? And I said, because I got married last night. He said, no, you didn't. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Check the front page of the Gold Coast Bulletin. So how did the Gold yeah, Coast Bulletin cover it? She must have invited the, the, the paper along. She must have done, yeah. Well, no, actually the surf club did because it was, um, because it was 29th of February. Because it was a leap year <laughs> wedding and it was a surprise wedding. That's the best story I've ever heard. Carl, you, you, you've got to win Call of the Week. Oh, I don't know about that, Luke. I've heard some good ones. Well, I, I, I tell you what, I, I love that. That's hilarious. That is just hilarious. Six years married today, 24 years ago today. That's it. Uh, it saved you a fortune in dinners, chocolates, flowers. Certainly did. What did you, here's a question. What did you wear to your wedding? I wore a pair of jeans and a <laughs> A pair of jeans and what? A football shirt. <laughs> uh, what football? What football team? Uh, no, Queensland touch football. Uh, <laughs> and you had a. And let me just say this, Carl. You, you had to call in sick the next day because you had a, you had a few beers, did you? I did, yeah, and I was the truck driver at the time, so I had to take the day off. Oh, that is so funny. You're a, you're a character, Carl. You've made my day. Thank you so much. No worries, mate. All right, Luke, you're going to have some customers on the uh, <laughs> Give my love to the bride, okay? No worries, mate. Yeah, have a good night. I mean, you can't, you can't buy this stuff. It's pure magic. You can't buy this stuff. One, triple, three... Five three is the telephone number. If you want to get through, you can get through now. Dallas, hello. Hey, mate. How are you? Oh, what do you make of that? Of the uh, 29th. Carl and his wedding anniversary. Yeah, mate. That's gold. It is gold. His wife said we're going to the surf club for dinner. He went to his wedding. What can I talk to you about, Dallas. Uh, so I was, I was talking to you, I was going to talk to you about the um, uh, the traffic controller stuff. 
Yeah, we've had a bit of conversation about it this week. Uh, there was an article online. Uh, the article was about jobs where you can earn over a hundred thousand dollars a year without any, without a university degree, and and without much training. And one of them was Stop Go Traffic Controller, where they reckon you can earn one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. What are your thoughts? Well, what I wanted to say was, uh, my wife, she used to work at a um, a place that used to do traffic controller courses and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they definitely just let anyone pass it. Really? Oh, 100%. Tell me the story. Well, when COVID happened, they just literally just went, all right, sweet, we're getting money off the government for everyone that passes. And they just handed them out. Really? I, yeah, I did I did mine because um, I was trying to get out of my trade that I'm doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, it just ended up, like, pretty much walked into the classroom and signed my name off, went home, read the book, came back, did the test, and that was it. You reckon it's a scam? Oh, 100% it's a scam. But you're not guaranteed work. And this is what Joe, the traffic controller, I love Joe's call last night. Uh, We're going to need to find it and replay it, Thomas, if you can. Uh, and I think she's rung me before, she was saying that to go through the courses and you need three certificates, then you've got to hope that you're hired. She said you can't earn $120,000 a year if you don't get the job. So you've got to prove that you're good at what you do. She said there's a fair amount of setting up the the area so that it's safe. She says it's more than just standing there with a stop-go sign. You disagree, do you? Well, I definitely disagree. Most of it, Most of it is set up by you know, the person who's in charge, and they get paid, obviously, a little bit more money. But the reason why they can earn so much is because most of it is casual work. Yes, yes. Yeah, so they get they get paid a higher rate, obviously, yeah. for being casual. Yeah. But they don't get sick pay or anything like that. Like, no. If you, if you earn 120 grand, but you don't get any sick pay. No, or, all holidays. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And then if you've, if you've got kids, you're off sick for, you know, two weeks. Mm. You're not earning any money at all. So, mm. you know, it, it is what it is. I wonder if you rely on casual work, you haven't got a full-time job, you get paid an extra hourly rate because you don't get holidays, you don't get sick leave. Here's an interesting question. It's probably one for Shane Oliver, my finance expert. But is it difficult to go for a loan when you haven't got regular work? Well, I'd assume it would be. Is it hard to get a, a, a housing loan or a car loan? Is it hard to get finance when you rely 100% on casual work? If there's somebody that only works casually, could you give me a call, one triple three five three, and tell me, how does that affect you when you're going for credit? Oh, definitely. I've got a very good friend who's in sales. Very good friend who's in sales, and she's very good at what she does. But three quarters of her taxable income last year was commission. Her retainer is very, very small. But thankfully, she's very good at what she does. She's a very good salesperson, and she earns a lot of money on commission. But she can't get a housing loan because they don't loan you money on commission because it's 
It's irregular and you can't rely on it. Even though you can prove the last 10 years I was salesman of the year at this company, because it's commission, they won't lend you money on it. I wonder if it's the same for Stop Go people or anyone else that only works as a casual. Yeah, especially especially these days, like with how the rates are and the banks don't want to let it. But, you know, I think, yeah, definitely being a casual would affect that. 100%. Yeah. All right, Dallas. So um, you reckon it's a rort? Oh, 100% it's a rort. What do you do for a living now? Oh, I'm a chef. Are you enjoying that? No, obviously not. You tried to get out of it. Yeah. Why don't you like being a chef? Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I mean, some chefs love it. Why do, why do you hate it? All my, all my hard work literally turns into shit. Why? Well, Expl- Explain to me how, because I know quite a few chefs, and I've actually owned a restaurant in another life. So I'm, 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 I'm pretty au fait with the hospitality game. Are you, are you a chef that doesn't enjoy their, their work? Do, do... Oh, I don't mind my job. Like, my job's pretty, like, it's pretty good. But, like, cooking, it's not very rewarding whatsoever. Why is that? Is it because you're not allowed to be well, creative? Are, are, are you cooking to a set menu and you don't feel as though your creative juices are being exploited? Tell me, what, what, why do you hate it? What, what sort of a restaurant do you work in? Oh, I just work in a cafe. So, and, and do you call yourself a chef? You're not a cook. You've actually been to TAFE. You've got your certificate. Yeah. No, I'm a chef. Like I'm, yeah. Yeah. And you hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because of the menu that you're that you have to cook with now. Uh, not, yeah. Have you gone to the boss and said, "Can I can I add some creative things on here? I've got some ideas. I'd like to add these dishes to your menu." Have you done that? Oh yeah, definitely. But it's. It's not about that. It's about um, at the end of the day, like, you know, you've got to do what's right for the business, what the customers want, like your demographic and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's any job. Keep going. And, um, you know, like, it's just, you know, it's pretty crap. You like, hate it. It's hot. Oh, well, it's hot. You know, it's hard work. Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, it's just pretty shit all around. How, how many years yeah. have you been a chef? Uh, 17. 17 years. And have you hated your job for 17 years? No, I haven't hated it the whole time. But, do you think you need to move to another restaurant? Would another restaurant make you happier? Oh, no, I've been all around. You like, just hate it. And it's just, yeah, it's just all the same stuff. Like, you know, uh, bosses treat you like shit. Where I am at the moment, like, my boss is really good. But, um... Yeah, like usually it's, you know, your bosses are just like, well, look at these numbers, like this and that. Like, yeah. Are you in control of stock? Do you order stock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm usually the person in charge. You see, a really good chef. First of all, anyone out there thinking of buying a restaurant, do not do it unless you're the chef or your partner is the chef because – if the success of your restaurant relies wholly and solely on your chef and you're employing that chef, they know they've got you by the nuts. If your menu and your success and your repeat customers are because of the chef that you employ, well, I'm telling you now, they've got you. 
and you're going to have to pay them a fortune to keep them. And they will use that over you. I'll walk. I'll walk. I would never own a restaurant unless I was the chef or my partner was the chef. Would you agree with me, Dallas? Yeah, 100%, mate. Yep. And the other thing is when you have a restaurant or a cafe, your stock is disposable. Your stock is perishable. It's not like working, say, in a bookstore and a book goes off the bestseller list, but at least you can put it in the discount bin and and flog it for a bit cheaper. You can't do that with steak and fish and chicken. (laughs) You either serve it or you chuck it out. Your stock is perishable. And unless you're really, really smart and busy, it's a nightmare. Would you agree with me, Dallas? Yeah, mate, 100%. You can tell I've been there, can't you? Yep, definitely. All right. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you're unhappy in your job. Good luck with uh, anything else you pursue. Dallas wants to get out of being a chef, 17 years. So did you actually be, did you actually become a stop-go person, Dallas? No, nah, I didn't do it. It was because um, I was trying to get out at night work. And then, is that half the problem? You hate the hours? Yeah, the hours are shit. Yeah, and a lot of chefs do twin shifts, so they do lunch and dinner, correct? And, you know, with a young family and that, it's pretty fucking terrible. Yeah, watch your lane. Oh. Yeah, I've, I've had to get rid of Dallas. Goodbye, Dallas. I had to get rid of Dallas there. His language just then was a little bit over the top. Um, 13353 is the telephone number. I find... That conversation with Dallas, while I understand absolutely everything he was saying, having owned a restaurant, did you find that depressing that for 17 years he's been a chef, he's fully qualified, been to TAFE, and the bosses are shit, the work is shit, everything was shit. Did you hear that? Wouldn't that be terrible? Every day you've got to, you go, you go into a job that you hate. What would your advice be for Dallas, folks? He hates his job. Go and get another job or stop whinging. I imagine a lot of you will say, one triple three five three is the telephone number. Did you get this brain buster sent him by Steve? Do you get it? Not quite. No. I was never really mathematical. I've got the answer in front of me. It's very clever. It's very good. Um, but I'm not going to give it away. How can eight plus eight equal four? One triple three. Five three is the telephone number. I tell you what, I'll tell you what's gone off this Nature B Power B protein shake. We launched it this week here on the night shift, and if uh, if you are a night shift person, if you're a truckie, a driver, Uber, taxis, it doesn't matter. If you're finding it hard to get nutrition, tasty nutrition on the run, this is perfect. If you want to get your family off to work and off to school with the greatest nutrition, this is perfect. It is the new Power B protein shake from Nature B. And it has all the goodness of bee pollen, which, as you know, is nature's superfood. Now, we all know that pollen is the perfect food. It's complete with every micronutrient that your body needs. And in every serving of the new Power Bee Shake, there's two grams of power pollen, which has been combined with other amazing ingredients, including organically grown Aussie oats, omega-3, 
green tea extract, prebiotic fibre, and it has cacao. It's not chocolate. So it's chocolate flavour, but it's not chocolate. It's cacao. And the scoop comes with the packet. It'll last you two weeks, and it works out to about $3 a serve, a cup of coffee. Give it a try. Just give it a try. It is so good. And you can put milk with it or uh, almond milk or whatever it is, you know, soy milk. Or you can just put water with it and you shake it up. And I had one the other day. I have one every day now. And it fills me up. You don't need anything for about three hours. That's how, it, that's how it's affected me. So you're probably going to lose a lot of weight while you're on this thing. And you're getting all the micronutrients you need. The Power B Shake. Go to naturebee.com and you read all about it. Try it. The Power B Shake. We launched it this week. It is just phenomenal. There is a phone number. 1-800-147-009. But look, just go to powerpollen.com.au. Click on Shake. You'll see my face there. You'll see my Swift Grow Garden in the background. And you'll see that I'm wearing a blue shirt that desperately needs ironing. Very embarrassing, but you'll see my face there. So you know you've gone, gone to the right place. Powerpollen.com.au. It is the brand new Power B Protein Shake. It is so good. Quick break, be back. Yes, I just feel a little bit sad for Wayne, the chef, who I'm sure is a very nice bloke, um, but he hates his job. Fully qualified chef, he told us. He's done all the courses, been chefing for 17 years, and he hates it. Hates his boss, hates the hours, hates the hot kitchen. You wonder if you hated your job that much, why would you stick at it for 17 years? I think he said he was uh, looking at di- diversing and, and, and going into something else, and he tried stop-go traffic control, didn't he? Why didn't he persevere with it? Hates his job. 17 years and it hates his job. I found it a bit sad. One triple three five three is the number. Tim, who emails us regularly, says, I've been shopping more at Aldi for packaged, tinned or frozen food and IGA for fruit and veg. The competition to Coles and Woolies will benefit more and more as the big two keep pissing off their customers. But the point is, Tim, there's been no great impact on them yet. And the government saying, okay, well, why don't we bring in another huge competitor? Well, yeah, but there's already competition. Aldi, IGA, Costco, Mar and Par Corner Stores, why are they not having a bigger impact on the duopoly that is Coles and Woolies? This is what I don't understand. You Look, you may all well ring me and say, oh, I go to Aldi, I go to IGA, I go to Joe's Fruit and Veggie Market, I go to Sam's Butchery, and I think that's great. I do, I think that's great. The fruit and veggies at our local fruit and veggie specialist store is so much better than Coles and Woolies. So much better. You go and buy a peach at our local fruit and veggie uh, bloke and you're guaranteed it's going to be beautiful and sweet. You can't do that at Coles and Woolies. 
they are the market leaders and they sell things that are out of out of season. Or even if they're in season, it's still not quite up to scratch, if you ask me. But they employ a hell of a lot of people. God, they employ a lot of people. And some people would argue they keep a lot of farmers in business. Other people would argue they don't pay the farmers anywhere near what they should be getting. But if we're so sick and tired of coals and woolies, why aren't we shopping at the alternatives in bigger numbers than we are? One triple three five three is the telephone number. G'day, Sam. Yep. Yep. Sam. Yes. It's Luke. You're on the radio. You rang me. So can I suggest you talk? Sorry, mate. Um, it's okay. The, that um, Wayne who. Said he wasn't happy in his job. Se- Seventeen I mean, years. I found it a bit yeah. sad. Yeah. I've been in um, say hospitality for fourteen years, and I've just gotten out of it. And I reckon if you're not happy, you just get out. Don't um. Don't complain. Don't complain and don't hang around. Why? Why would you hang around in an industry that you are so? He sounded desperately unhappy. You heard him. Yeah. Hey, no, did I've sort of been in his position? Probably not as bad, but. You don't realise until you get out of it how happy you could be. I would have thought since the inundation, and that's the only word I can think of, of um, cooking shows that have taken over our TVs over the last 20 years, I thought that maybe it might make chefing a little more glamorous. No. No. No? What, What about people like Gordon Ramsay? Do they do, uh, do do they do the chefing industry good or uh, more harm than good or what? Oh, probably not. Because they make it. They only show the good. They don't show the the whole, you know, what it's all about. And you got to work your way up and earn your stripes and all that sort of thing. Yes, it's a lot of weekend work and after hours work. So it's not- what about shows like MasterChef, etc.? You you can become an instant celebrity without any qualifications. If you win a show like that, even if you run her up, yeah, if you, yeah. If you're good enough, you can. But there's a bit of yeah. And there's plenty of people out there doing it, but they're not. They're not all fantastic at what they do, or they and they don't have the passion. It's just the job that it's rock up, do what they got to do, and go home. Yeah. Well, so Sam, what did you used to do? Um, I was a pastry cook. Ah, that's very specialist. And yeah. did you like it? Yeah. No, I did. It was good work. Um, Why did you give it away? bit of a change in business sold and a new boss who hadn't been in the industry for a while. I think he just walked in and thought he was going to be a millionaire and it wasn't to be. And it was, Not like that. It's a lot of hard work. What was your name? Yeah, I'd, oh, I'll never do it again. What was your specialty? Um, I was more into making pies and stuff like that. Okay. So. All right. But it's very specialist pastry chef. Oh, Sam, thanks for your call. I can hear you busy. I appreciate your call. One triple three five three. If you're not happy in your job, seventeen years. Wayne, the chef, just made me a little bit sad. Jocelyn's online from Rockhampton. Good day, Joss. Hello, Luke. How are you? I'm terrific, thank you. Happy? Are you happy leap year? Are you a leap year person? Nah. No, nah. we've had a couple nah. this morning and a leap year wedding anniversary, which was very funny. Hey, look, I was just ringing up to say, you know, Jeff that rings you up that has all the T-shirts, the truckie? Oh, God, pain in the ass, Jeff, yes. 
Yes. Why don't you just give him the seventh T-shirt so he has one T-shirt for each day of the week? Because mm. he is good value when he rings up. I think he's funny. The e oh, no, don't, no. I think he's hilarious. No, Jocelyn, he's a pest. No, he's not. He's a massive pest. No, he's not. Hey, and... Let me ask you this, Joss. Yes. Do you fancy Jeff? No, I just think his humour is good. Do you really? Yeah. Mm. Maybe it's a Queensland thing that be, I think about the humour. He'd be listening now, you know. Oh, good on you, Jeff. Jeff, are you there? Call in. I've never, I've never, I never thought I'd hear the day where I'd say, Jeff, call in. <laughs> Jeff, call in and show Jocelyn your horn. <laughs> have, have, have you encountered his horn yet? Yes, I heard it the other day when he was going through some town. He blasted it. Yeah, yes, no, it's an impressive horn, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I thought it was great. Jeff, where are you? Hey, listen. I can't I just, believe I've asked that question. I'm just ringing up to say, have you heard? I haven't heard from Scooter Bob or um, Granny Sue lately. Oh, well, Granny Sue was on last week, I think. Yeah, where is Scooter Bob? I don't know. We, I, we, we need to check up on them, don't we? Yeah, especially Scooter Bob. Mm-hmm. And another Love thing, Scooter I was, Bob. Yeah. Um. Another thing, I was. I'm going. That reminds me. I'm going to have to send Scooter Bob the new Nature Bee Power Shake. He'll love it. He will love it. It's easy to do, and it, and uh, it, it covers you for three hours at least. That's that's my reaction to it. And it's so yummy, and it's got all the the uh, the pollen in it as well as the oats. I'm going to have to. Can we organise for Cookette to send Scooter Bob this shake? Okay, he'll he will love it. The Power Bee Shake, powerpollen.com.au. Yeah, thank you, Jocelyn. Keep hang going. On, hang on, hang on. Um, you know, I was thinking the other night about um, everyone was saying, or not everyone, but about um, the train things out out of town with the the level crossing, light. the level yeah, crossings. Yep. It. Well, I was just thinking, you know how I don't know if you've take any notes when you travel out, out of town, mm-hmm. that some um, road signs have bullet holes in them. Yes, I have seen that, yes. What happens if, if people start shooting at the lights? Do you think they would? Oh, yes. I had a, um, mm. I worked with um, a, a bloke that takes you for your licence. And he always said to me, whenever you come to um, a train crossing yep. or anything like that, mm. don't just assume because the lights aren't flashing mm. that it's it's working, it's fine. Because to cross. someone might have vandalised them. Exactly. Oh, that's a very, very good yeah. warning, Joss. You're 100% right. Yeah. People do love to vandalise things. And we're talking about flashing lights and possibly even a boom gate that is operated via solar power. Yeah. Because a lot of these level crossings, there's no power. I mean, they're out in the middle of no. nowhere. Yeah. Um, and you're right, people would vet, the people would see that as a target. You're 100%, Joss. Yeah, and that's what, you know, because they just can't help themselves. They've just I got- think the best thing is you keep a, a very close eye out for level crossings and you slow down and you use them like either a giveaway or a stop sign. Pull up anyway. Exactly. That's that's brilliant. Because yeah. when I nearly got hit by a train at Kurawatha, which is between Blaney and Cowra, somewhere along uh, along the Olympic Way, um, and I, I I was daydreaming, 
And if it wasn't for the train engine, then the driver sounding his horn, and I hit the chocks, if it wasn't for that driver who could see me and, and sounding his horn, I was gone. And uh, it was such a wake-up call to me, and now I approach every railway crossing like a giveaway, and I slow right down and I look left and right. That's what I do ever since the uh, driving instructor told me the same thing yeah. when I worked with him. Yep. Well, good on you, Joss. I'll let Jeff know that he's got uh, a fan. We've got the quickie later on today. Yeah. And I just wanted to say mm. my husband down there, Thomas, oh, I, Jesus. I love the fact that he... I like the Why is he your husband all of a sudden? Have you telephonically consummated this? No. Is there something you're not telling me? It's a husband... <laughs> Husband to be. Well, you 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 genuinely you genuinely want to marry Thomas one day, do you? No, it's just a thing that I have for Thomas's voice. Do you lie awake at night thinking about Thomas's voice? Do you? No. No, I wouldn't either. Uh, so I, what, what's this obsession with Thomas? Have you have you seen him? No, I don't need to. I just know. Mm. Um, I just liked his joke when he said about um, the tooth fairy saying, hey, kid, do you want a bank transfer? Mm. That mm. was funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And he's lovely. Thank you, Jocelyn. But you think Jeff from Taree's um, funny too? Yeah. Yeah, he's a serial pest. <laughs> Joss, I, I love you, darling. Thank you. Okay, see you later. See you later. Bye-bye. Oh, God. What have you done to him? Have you, you, I hope you haven't been leading her on. I hope you haven't been promising Jocelyn things that you can't deliver. I've just been doing my job. <sighs> the Night Shift, Triple M. You two here on The Night Shift with uh, Luke Boner, 13353. Here's the telephone number. I don't know what Steve-O meant when he sent this. He said, try this on your listeners. How can 8 plus 8 equal 4? Rodney, good morning. Good morning. Good How morning. Are we? I'm good, Rodney. What have you got? Eight and eight is sixteen. Divide it by four. No, no, we'll no. Give you. No, that, that wasn't. Yeah, that celebrate four birthdays in a leap year. Ah, that's not the answer I have in front of me, though, Rodney. Oh, yeah. How can eight plus eight equal four? Is the question. That's not the answer I have in front. Keep thinking about it, Rodney. Thank you for calling. One triple three five three is the number. Uh, Trent's online. Good day, Trent. Hey, how you going, Luke? I'm good, thanks, buddy. You have an electric car. We have two of them. Wow. Did you buy them both at the same time, or did you buy the second one after you loved the first one? Well, <laughs> it was more so a case of um, I should sell my uh, XR6 Ute because I'll um, get more money for it and. Mm get into a, um electric ute, but at this stage, uh, the one-on-one isn't available, so I think it comes out in 25, so I've got this one just to tie me over until then. Okay, uh, you're exactly who I want to talk to. And it's a ute, the XR, the Ford, the yeah. XR6. Yeah. Are you a tradie? Did you use that? Was your ute being used to, to lug a load? No, uh, no, not a tradie as such, but, I was, but utes are always handy. So for carrying anything, you know, um, doing a bit of brickwork around the house, I needed a half a metre of um, loam or whatever to do, make cement and so on. So I'd use it for that or take okay. rubbish to the tip and that sort of thing. Okay. Now, what's the electric ute? 
Okay, so uh, the car I currently have is a BYD Atto 3. Um, at this company, BYD. Say it again. Uh, I'm, I'm writing it down. What? BYD. B-Y. Yep. D. Yes, which stands for Build Your Dreams. Um, company in China. Um, they started out making batteries and then got into cars and trucks and buses and so on. And as I don't know how true this is, but someone had mentioned that Elon Musk had a word to the bloke who owns the joint and said, listen, you have um, dirty, polluting cars. So he did something about it and um, started making electric. And now they only make electric. Um, mm. Well, to a point, they do have some, uh, what do you call it, hybrids. <laughs> Funny, isn't it? Because China's one of the biggest polluters on the planet. Yeah. As, a, along with India, too, um, which hasn't embraced electric cars. But let's get back to this ute. Does it do everything your Ford did? Oh, well, I haven't, I haven't got it yet. But from what I've read, it's a dual cab instead of a single cab. Um, it's supposed to be four-wheel drive, so they say. Um, it's supposed to have good range, um, good ground clearance and so on. They've got a couple in Australia at the moment. They're testing them for this environment and uh, people have seen them getting around uh, when they bring them out this year towards the end i think it is they were talking that it's going to be a hybrid hang on i thought you said you'd already bought it no no i had a ute and yeah i thought then i thought you said you got this electric ute no no i got an electric car until the ute comes out oh oh i thought you had two cars and one of them was the ute no, well, we still do have two have two electric cars. All right, um, all right, all right. Okay, I'm with you now. We'll get we'll get back to the Ute in a second because I thought, why would you buy something sight unseen? There's no way in the world I would buy a car without test driving it. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back to your electric cars, the ones that you do have. That's what I'm interested in. Did you buy them both at the same time, or did you buy one and then the other? No, we bought one and. Uh, the boss lady's had that for about two years now. And it's a hundred percent electric, not a hybrid. No, it's a um, Hyundai Kona EV. How much was it brand? How much was you bought it brand new? Uh, demo. It had 3000 Ks on it. Okay. That's new. How much? Um, she paid 58 for it. Yep. Um, do you charge it? Great. Do you charge it in your garage? Yes. So you're lucky enough to have a garage? Yes. You charge it overnight? Um, she charges overnight. I work uh, night shift, so I charge mine off the solar during the day. And what's yours? It's a, a BYD. The Ute? Atto 3. No, no, not a Ute, a BYD Atto, A-double-T-O. And what's, compare that to a petrol car. What's it like? Uh, probably a bit bigger than a um, Rav Four. All right, okay. It's it. Okay, does it look like a Rav Four? Oh, similar. It's an SUV or a four wheel drive. SUV. It's an SUV, yep. and you charge that when? Uh during the day. Where? At home. In your garage. Yeah. So when I get home from work at about. Two o'clock in the morning, I plug it in and set up a timer in the car, and it starts charging at six thirty uh, when the solar's producing enough to actually feed the ah, car. Ah, so you're charging it off the solar panels on your house? 
Yes. Exactly. That's what we do. Our, for example, our pool timer goes on at eight when the sun's on the solar panels. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, I'm with you. Are you happy with it? Does it have get up and go? Does it have range? Have you been on a decent road trip with one of these cars yet? Um, yes, I'm happy with it. Um, it's not exactly my style of car, but it's fit for purpose, so that's fine. Um, we took her car from Brisbane to Cape Tribulation. I assume you know where that is. How many Ks is that? 4,480 Ks, and it cost us $83. Was there sufficient charging stations along the way? Averaged out at about 150 kilometres apart. Did you have to queue up for them? Were they free? One of them we had to queue up. I think it was Childers. Um, how long did you waited, have to wait? Uh, probably about 20 minutes. And how long then did it take to charge so that you, you could keep going? Okay, so her car charge was a bit slower than this one. So mm. we would time it around either breakfast or lunch when we were going to charge. It'd take about an hour to go from, say, 15% to full. So we would go, all right, we'd plug it in and we'd wander into the town, find somewhere to eat. Um, yeah. You'd, by the time you order, you get it, have a couple of beers. Okay, so you plan your trip around it because it takes about an hour to charge. I completely get that. Can you understand why some people who don't want to do that, they want to get from Sydney to Melbourne as quickly as they can and they get to Albury and they just want to fill it up like as if they were at a petrol station and their frustration when they can find one of the few charging stations available, there's a lineup of five or six cars in front of them. Yeah, yeah, I understand yeah. that. Um, but, the, but the only way to fix that is to have more charging stations. A lot of them, people are telling me, don't work. That th These charging stations are fragile and can break easily. Are you across this? I have, yeah, I have come across the odd one that's not working. Oh, might be, say, say they have two charging leads. Yeah. Um, one of them won't be working, but the other one will. Mm-hmm. Um, I did notice we took this one for a drive down to the Hunter Valley. Yes. And the charging infrastructure from Brisbane to there was a lot worse than here yeah. from in Queensland. So um, I suppose the handy thing is some of the places we stayed at, a couple of hotels, were more than happy to run a lead out and we plug it in and use a granny charger. So yeah, you that's run, fine. But... you got to run a lead out. So we're not there yet, really. We're getting there, but we're not there yet, are we? No, not yet. No. And the cars, they've got to, they've got to be able to charge quicker than an hour. Yes. There. And that will improve. That technology will improve. But until then, people are still going to go for combustion engine cars. Of course. Or, yeah. as we have done, we got a hybrid. We've got a Lexus NX300H for Nikki. I've seen them getting around. They're actually oh, not a bad-looking car. Oh, it's a beautiful car. It's um, titanium silver. You've seen it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Anyway, she loves it. But the thing is, she very, very rarely leaves our postcode. Okay. And it's a hybrid, remember? So it charges itself. Yeah. Right, right. But she, very, she, do, she doesn't travel very far at all. And she was driving a Suzuki Grand Vitara seven-seat V6. And she, was lugging, and she was lugging that around. It was very, very thirsty. That Grand Vitara, that Suzuki, is now old enough to vote. So I thought it's <laughs> so I thought it's time to get Nikki a new car, and I bought it for her for her birthday last November. Well, my, she loves it. I love it. Mm. So it's a hybrid, 
Mm. And I'm tempted to keep the hybrid thing going than the full electric because I just don't think we've got it down pat yet. No, not yet. Although I, I read a lot about them and uh, progress that's being made. Yeah. I can't think of the company that was doing it, but they're talking about a car that they're going to bring out that will have a 1,000 kilometres of range. Yeah. Uh, full electric. How, so, hey, listen, how long do you reckon, Trent, do we see electric cars racing at Bathurst? Oh, did you see that little Ford, the Ford van they had running around there? I saw at the 12 hour they had an electric pace car, yes. Yeah. Oh, they had a Ford van. Apparently it was equivalent, it was electric, equivalent to 2,000 horsepower, and it did um, Bathurst in 1 minute 54 seconds, I think. Really? Yeah. Really? And I thought, oh, holy, oh, yeah, that's unreal. Um, so, yeah. They're onto it, and they're they're looking at it. Um, and some of these cars, like these, they, they do have plenty of acceleration and get up and go. Some more than others. Um, so well, how, maybe how, how within quick, the next five years. How quick was it? One point five four or something. It's one of the fastest laps at Bathurst, but it wasn't uh, recorded as such because it wasn't during a race. Okay, I'm just looking here. One point five six three two four seven is the official lap record. But I'm just going here. Ford Supervan four point two. That's it. Okay, let me just click on it. Hurry up, computer. Hurry up. Uh, Bathurst, Australia, February twenty five, twenty twenty four. History has been made at Mount Panorama during the thrifty Bathurst five hundred event with the Ford Performance Supervan four point two setting a trio of lap records. Securing the benchmark time for the quickest closed wheel vehicle, electric vehicle, and commercial vehicle to lap the 6.2 kilometer racetrack. Here we go. With Romain Dumas at the helm, Supervan 4.2 lapped Mount Panorama in an electrifying time of 156.3247. It had a top speed of more than 300 kilometres an hour. <laughs> it did 300, 186 miles an hour down Conrod Strait. Conrod Strait. Yeah. The new benchmark time for the Supervan 4.2 is a line in the sand heralding a new era for electric vehicles. That is very impressive. I noticed with Nikki's car, there's a little dial between the seats and you yep. turn it onto sports mode. Sports mode. And I, I gave it a, I gave it a squirt. <laughs> the power it pushed me back into the seat because it had both the the electric and the petrol motor working at the same time. I think I couldn't believe the acceleration. But how many laps is this car good for? That's the thing, isn't oh, it? Yeah, that I don't know. But if they if they're developing it to do that kind of speed and those times. Obviously, they're developing it to do a full race. That is frightening. Wow. Hey, it's Tr- unreal, isn't it? It is unreal. Trent, thank you so much for your call. No worries. Thanks, Luke. Have a good one. You too, buddy. So there's Trent, owns two electric cars, and he admits they haven't got it right yet, but they will. They will get it right soon. But having to queue up and wait for a charger to be free, and a lot of these charges are broken, apparently. I don't know why. They're fragile. Haven't been made very well, I guess. And having, uh, uh, having to wait an hour to charge your car before you can keep going on your trip, that's a turnoff for a lot of people. 
not if you're retired and you're and you're going on a a road trip where you've got plenty of time to spare. But if you want to keep going, that's going to be frustrating. But that will that will fix. That will get better and better as technology gets better and better, won't it? Hey, if you're like me and can't stand pesky summer invaders, you've got to get this executioner. I don't know how many are left because we only have 10 mozzie zapper tennis rackets to give away. And they're free if you order the game-changing executioner by Pestrol, the big daddy of fly and mozzie zappers. A total game changer. doesn't just repel them, it annihilates them. It's the Pestrol Executioner, Pestrol, P-E-S-T-R-O-L.com.au. And you get the tennis racket zapper thrown in and free delivery anywhere in Australia. Grab the Executioner. I don't know how many are left. There's only 10 available this morning. Pestrol.com.au. Quick break, be back. I'm going to talk to Dr. Carl Krasinicki later this morning about leap years, and we'll look at some of the interesting facts behind the leap year. Now, when Jocelyn rang, when Jocelyn rang up, who's obsessed, who's obsessed with Thomas, um, she refers to Thomas as her husband, but it's in her mind. That's right. You haven't led her on in any way. Well, she played um, matchmakers here on the night shift one time. What do you mean? Oh, we had Jocelyn and Jenna and a few others call up all fighting over me. I don't know why. Oh, Jenna. What happened to Jenna? We haven't heard from Jenna over all this oh year. Oh, my God. Have you still got the song? I don't know. I have to find it. What What did we call it? Oh, we called it the Jenna song, I think. You know, the Jenna song is so popular that multiple people have put it on YouTube. It went. It, someone did put it on YouTube. What happened there? So one of our listeners, who obviously has no other time but to listen to this show went onto YouTube, or they, they listened to Jenna and they thought it was so funny they needed to share it with the, the video world and they put it on YouTube. Oh my God, look, he definitely is not the one to make you puke. He's the one you want for Oak. Empire you. <laughs> In the darkest hour, baby. My God. Look, you do not. Oh, you definitely want Spruik. If you didn't have a wife, I'd say, come over, lad. He's done. Definitely the one you want Spruik. Oh, my. I've written on my wall in pen. Oh, my God. Look, you definitely want Spruik. Bang, he's off. Oh, well, I can come up with lyrics all day, brother. But I never show anyone, I never tell anyone, but oh my God, look. Mm. Oh, Jenna. Jenna, we miss you. Call up, Jenna. One, triple, three, five. What happened was Jenna went off Luke a bit because her boyfriend got out of jail. Yeah. And he came, went to live with her in the caravan. That's right. And then he went back to jail. Do you reckon they, oh no, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to go there. Yeah. But yeah, he got out of jail. Yeah. They hibernated in the caravan for two weeks. Didn't come out for. Didn't even get, come out for breathe. To breathe for fresh air. Do you reckon the caravan goes back and forth a bit? I think it's broken the suspension. Yeah. And uh, then he went back to jail. That's right. Yeah. That's what. That's what I heard. He's a bit of a yo-yo. I don't. A bit up and down. Yeah. I think she's a yo-yo. Oh my God! Look. Yeah. So anyway, back to um, Jocelyn. Back to leap years. Yeah. I don't know whether you're aware of this, but one of the traditions of the leap year mm. 
is that once every four years, women are supposed to propose to men. Traditionally, it's the bloke that gets down on one knee and does all that. But it goes back to the the 17-something or others. Many years ago. Long time ago. After the dinosaurs. Before Taylor Swift was famous, at least. I think it goes back a long, long way. In fact, I think it goes back to when Mick Jagger was young. It's a long time. It's a a long, long time. I think even the earlier, I think when Keith Richards was young, that's how long ago. That's a long time ago. I know. And um, the the men were traditionally asking women to get married. And then there was a a lull in the marriage proposals. Things got tough. And so the Pope at the time was approached and issued – a, uh, what do you call it? A, not a law, but an allowance for women every leap year, once every four years. It was the women that were to propose to the men. There you go. Yes. And then I think if the man refused the proposal, there was a fine involved. Really? There was a monetary fine, Yes. So you're saying if someone was to call up right now. Jocelyn, again. Or any, anyone else. And we, propose to you. I could get a fine. If you say no. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think that's one of the traditions of a leap year. Well, Dr. Carl Krasinicki will have all that for us a little bit later on. One triple three five three is the telephone number. G'day, Rod. Rod. How are you, Luke? G'day, Rod. How are you, buddy? Good, matey. Good. Good. Talk to me. I've got the solution to your brain buster. Oh, well, this is from Steve who emailed and said, Luke, you need this for today. It had something to do with the leap year. And I don't think it does because he gave me the answer. Now, we'll go through it again. How can eight plus eight equal four? Have you worked it out? Yeah, it's on a clock. Go on, keep going. Well, from eight o'clock... You add eight hours, you get four o'clock. That's enough. That's exactly what he's got. Same as uh, on a clock. On a clock, 12 plus 12 equals 12. That's very, very good. 8 a.m. plus eight hours is four. Yeah. Congratulations. You want a Triple M T-shirt? Stay there. Oh, no, man. I don't want the T-shirt. No, I don't blame Send you. Send it to Jocelyn. Why don't you want a Triple M T-shirt, Rod? Have no, because, mate, I, I, don't need, I don't need merchandise. I just enjoy ringing the program and getting the chat. Oh, Rod. It's reward enough for me. What about some, awesome. na- what about some Nature B? Well, what about some Swift Grow? What about a Pestrel? Can- I can't get you anything. No, mate. No, no, no. Fine. Rod. I get reward enough just being part of the family. You are. You are part of the night shift family, Rod. Well, look. Speaking of your your proclamation by the Pope, it was actually. It was the Pope? Yeah, it was a proclamation that he. he Yeah, which Pope was it? Oh, I can't remember which one, but it was a uh, proclamation. The fine that he imposed was that the man had to buy the woman a pair of white gloves. Are you serious? Yeah, that's that's how how it was told to me. Yeah. By uh, 
Well, I'm I'm a I'm a mick, and um, my my granddad. <laughs> You're my, a mick. My, my, my grand, uh, that's a, that's an old-fashioned word for a Catholic. Yeah, my grand. Uh, people don't know that. Thomas was looking at me. He didn't. Uh, a, a, a mick was a slang word for a Catholic. Where did that come from? Oh God, I have no idea about that. That's right. I do know. I do know. Many years ago, though, that it was a prerequisite to get a. Uh, to get a game at the South Melbourne Football Club, that you had to be, had to be a Catholic because they wouldn't. Is that get a game there. is that true? Yeah, yeah. There was religious prejudice. In, oh, in the, uh, in, well, in the VFL, it was back then. Isn't that amazing? And do you know what? One of the most prestigious golf courses in Australia is Eleanor Country Club. Yeah, and you had and they refused Jews back in the day. Yes, yes, and so right. Right around the corner, in fact, they share a fairway, Monash Golf Course opened exclusively for Jews. Yes. yes. <laughs> can you believe that used to go on? Yeah, I can. I don't think it's the same anymore. Surely Eleanor Country Club allows Jewish people to join now. I don't know. Oh, God. So to play football at South Melbourne, you had to be Catholic. Yeah, years ago, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Rod, you have a fantastic day. Thank you so much. You too, mate. Catch you later. Let's catch you later, Rod. Bye-bye. So there you are. So it's elite. So women, you have to propose today. You've only got one day to do it. And if the bloke says no, there is a fine. I don't know if it applies to non-Catholics, though. Catholics need only apply. I'm not sure, but that's the tradition. Today is the day for women to propose. This is the Night Shift on Triple M. ELO here on the Night Shift. Darren's online. Oh, Darren, hello. How are you? I'm good, yeah, buddy. good, buddy. Yourself? Great. That's good. What are you up to tonight? Well, mate, I'm sitting here gibbering to you. What do you think I'm doing? Mate, I'm doing about the same thing as you. <laughs> um, I just wanted to... Read- what did, see, that was a very strange question. What did you think I was doing? I, I, and then I panicked for a second. I thought maybe one of these cameras is on and you caught me doing something I shouldn't have been doing. Mate, you'd be surprised where the cameras are these days. I know. I'm very aware. Yeah. There's one in front of me and it's got a red light on it and it looks like a Darth Vader helmet. Okay? And occasionally... Like at two o'clock in the morning, the lens inside it moves and it turns around. Uh, and I don't understand why. But anyway, uh, yeah. anyway, th- there you are. Darren, what are we talking about? Uh, traffic controlling, mate. Now, very interesting. It all started the other morning where I read online that a traffic controller, if they accept all the shifts they they possibly can and work on public holidays, etc. You can earn one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. Now I've had people ring me and tell me that that's bull, and that, and some people tell me it's a bludge of a job. I had traffic controller Joe, who says no, there's a fair bit of skill involved, and you've got to get paperwork and do courses and all sorts of things. And my observation is, looking at the young ladies in white overalls down on the street here at Triple M Central that are always there. They're very attractive. <laughs> so anyway, what, what, yeah. so are you a traffic controller? Yeah, mate, I started out as a traffic controller. I'm now up, um, doing TMI, um, so it's traffic management. Um, but we still do the, um, uh, we do all the setups and everything for 
uh, the traffic controllers to come in and do their work. Um, uh, mate, I'm on when I was doing the traffic controlling. Um, yeah. They are correct with your with your hours and things like. They're not guaranteed. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I've gone permanent now because I'm on the freeway. I'm at work at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting on the freeway at, uh, in Brisbane here. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you, you do have to really push for the work. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, so you have to be selected. So the person who's in charge of the job has to like you. Well, no, no, not. It, it, it seems to me that it's a bit of a a clicky club, and if you're the right person. Uh, you'll get selected every time. It's a bit like being getting selected as an extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a, in a way, mate. But um, it comes down to the old story. If you want the job done, mate, you need your TCs. And if you can only pick ones you want to pick, then you're not going to get the job done when you want it done, eh? Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of us out here um, still screaming for more. What, what do you say to callers like... Um, Oh, it was a caller I had earlier that I replayed. He uh, he says that he was a traffic controller and he thought it was a bludge. No, mate, no. Um, it, it, you can have your bludge days. It's like any job. You have your easy days and you have your hard days, mate. Um, it's honestly dealing with the public out there. Uh, it's not an easy job at all. You go and ask any public servant or anyone that does, you know, police officer or anything, anyone like that, and they'll say that just dealing with the public is the hardest part of the job. Um, there's there's not much common sense left out there in the in, in the world these days, mate. Um, I'm on one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars a year. Um, and I'm, but you're full time. I'm, I'm yeah. So you're in one hundred and fifteen k. Do you get holidays, sick pay, all of that as well? Yes. So you get are all of that, mate. Are you, are you a contractor or are you an employee? I'm an employee. I work for oh, a, wow. a, a very very reputable company company in um, Brisbane. Um, um, yeah, they, they're a really good company to work for. Not not only them, there's there's several in Brisbane here that uh, that you know pay around the hundred thousand dollar mark. Um, the only thing the problem is with it, you got to do the night shifts. That's the only problem. Sure, sure. Just stay there because you missed this. This was Matt who rang me yesterday, who was a traffic controller. It's not long. Just have a listen to what Matt has to say and tell me if you agree. Or disagree. Stay right there. Um, just wanted to have a chat about this traffic controller and the amount of money they earn and how ridiculous it can be. Um, I've got my traffic controller's ticket from when I was in construction a few years ago. Um, the money is definitely there. If, like your earlier caller said, if you want to work properly, then you can earn the money. Obviously, a lot of people don't like working six, seven days a week anymore, so they don't earn the good money that some of them do. But I think what annoys me is... Not just how easy it is to become a traffic controller because it many, is an open, yep. open book test. It is uh, literally walk into a room, sit yep. there at nine o'clock in the morning. The teacher will tell you the answers if he has to. He'll yep. help you keep up. Our teacher that taught us our Cert 2 and traffic controller ran out of time, so he didn't even do a practical demonstration with us. He just told us to tell our boss that we had. So they're definitely pumping out traffic controllers left, right and centre. But I was hoping maybe one of your listeners can maybe give me the info on why it takes so many of them to stand around on one job. Now, I live on the Gold Coast, and I'm not sure if you're aware, we've had roadworks going on in our motorway for about 10 years now. And every night there is at least six or seven traffic controllers standing around one ute, having a chat, having a cigarette, waiting for someone to do their job, and then they move to the next section, another six or seven of them stand around, and I just can't understand why 
it takes so many of them to do one job. Okay. Darren, that's Matt from last night. Would you care to comment? Darren, I guarantee Matt from last night isn't the traffic controller anymore. I could pretty much guarantee that. Um, mate, some things he's right. Um, you, free with your training, um, things like that. Yeah, you do go in there, you sign your name off. It is only a day. Um, but they don't give you the answers, mate. You've got a book there. You've got your, your big book that you've got to read through. That's got the answers in it. So you've got to... You got to do your, your, your reading, your questionnaire, and you get your, your, your answers out of the booklet. If if you're wrong, the teacher will come over and say to you, right, he'll give you a general idea of what section it's in that you're looking for, but he won't point out the answer. That's the one thing. Um, and with Matt Matt turning around saying they're handing them out like lollipops and and things like that, it's just ridiculous, mate. Um, he wants to know also why it takes so many traffic controllers to do the job when they're standing... What did he say? They're, they're standing around doing nothing, smoking cigarettes. You, you heard what he said. Wait to go on to the next one, yeah. Um, uh, hey, it's like anything. You have your downtime and then you have your uptime. It depends on where the job is, mate. You know, if, you, if you're on a roundabout, you've got four areas, sometimes more, that you've got to have a, a traffic control sitting at every entrance to let every... onto that roundabout that there's something happening. Um, if you've got a, a, a section of work that's about 50 metres long and in that stretch of work, we've got to have the... Matt being a traffic controller, I'll, I'll use the word loosely, traffic controller, um, he knows that you've got to set your signs out at a certain distance. And if you don't get them out at that right distance, mate, your the, the local authority, the traffic control police, will come and they will fine you, you personally, not the company, you. The company will get a fine, you'll get a fine as well. Um, so with that, every single thing, so you've got a 50 metre job site, then all of a sudden the signage and everything is blowing out to maybe, you know, a kilometre long from start of roadworks to end of roadworks. In that kilometre, you may have streets entering onto there. You've got to have someone sitting at that every single road to let the people know that they're there. Okay. So it's not a bludge. You're telling me there's a bit of skill involved in being a traffic controller. Is that what you're saying? Mate. Yes, mate, mate. Okay. And you're on about 120K a year? Yeah, 115. 115. And you are a full-time traffic controller. You're not uh, a part-timer. Sick pay, Matt, with sick pay and holidays and everything. Public. And are there many jobs, full-time traffic controller jobs like yours, Darren? Or were you lucky? Did you jag one? No, no, there's heaps of them, mate. You just, you just got to prove yourself like any job. You can't turn up to any job and go in there and, and get the job and budge and expect to go up the friggin' ladder. It's not going to happen. Excuse my French. No, that, compared to what we normally get, that was, no, that was not French. Mate, I, 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 I try and be politically correct. No, 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 please, not on this show. There are too many other radio shows where people try and be politically correct. Not on this one, please. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, listen, Darren, thank you so much. You've been great. That's all good, mate. I, I, I love, the, love the radio, mate. I, I sit here and I listen to it every night and I have a bloody good laugh, eh? Well, so long as we keep you amused and informed. That's all I aim to do. And you just do, mate. And, like, you know, when, there's, when the wrong information is being put to you, buddy, then you, you, you rely on people like us to ring up and actually try and give you the right bit of information. Exactly. Exactly.
Do me a favour, Darren. Spread the word about the night shift on Triple M. Okay, everybody listening, spread the word. Tell someone the night shift Triple M. Okay. Not night shift Triple M. Bloody beauty. Have a good one. Yeah, good on you, folks. Good on you, Darren. Thank you, mate. Bye bye. There you are. See, our listeners are our best researchers. Someone once said. One triple three five three is the why in the world would you listen anywhere else? Listen, if you suffer from sleep apnea and you can't afford CPAP treatment, well, guess what? You can. Sove, S-O-V-E CPAP clinic offer interest-free payments or payment plans for CPAP machines and accessories. And they've got all the leading brands, ResMed, Philips, Fisher and Paykel. They can tailor a treatment just for you. A dollar up front between $25.54 fortnightly for three years. It's less than $4 a day. Cup of coffee. Visit Sove CPAP Clinic. S-O-V-E. CPAP is used for obstructive sleep apnea treatment. Always follow the directions. When considering whether CPAP's right for you, speak to the doctor. Payment plans are available for approved applicants. Fees, terms, conditions, minimum amounts and exclusions apply. And remember... If you want to get tested, if you know you snore and you feel wretched when you wake up and your partner says, hey, listen, you actually stop breathing while you're asleep, while you're snoring, get tested. And they can bulk bill your testing. They have bulk billed testing centres all over Australia. Contact Sove, S-O-V-E, the sleep apnea specialists. One triple three five three. the quickie is into day four today. The clue is on our podcast, but I'm going to broadcast the clue and give you all another listen to the quickie in a little while. All right, the quickie, the quickie, it's day four today. Um, I've forgotten what the other clues were. I know today's clue, but it was very, very convoluted. Thomas, this is your baby. You've taken over the quickie. And uh, to mixed results, I might tell you. Some people love that it's a real challenge. With me, it was too easy. And some people just think you've got your head up your ass. Yeah, it depends on the day. What do you say to that? Oh, look. You'll wear it. Yeah. Here is the quickie. It sounds like this. (laughs) Have you got last week's there as well? Um, No, I punted it. I needed the space. Yeah. No, I haven't got last week's, but it's up there. It is. Clue number one. All at the same time. Clue number two. Black, white, blue all over. Clue number three. Nine. Oh, that, is that today? That's today. Oh, okay. Clue number three. 1980s. It can be played tomorrow. It can be. It if could it go d- all week. Ah. It's a 1980s song. That's the quickie, one triple three five three. It doesn't help. It could be anything. Could it, it could be anything. Hang on, Brett's been listening to the clue on our podcast. So he's loaded up and ready to go with information. Brett, g'day. Uh, um, Brett, g'day. Hey, Legend, how you doing, bud? Good, mate. What's the quickie? Oh, I'm unsure now, but uh, together forever, Rick Ashley. No, Rick Astley probably never going to appear in my program. We're, ne- we're never going to give him up. I'm never going to let me down. Never going to turn around. 
No, that's enough now. No, it's not Brett. I'm sorry, buddy. No. Not Rick Astley. It's a 1980 song. One triple three five three. That is the quickie. Have a crack. Yep, yep. That's me. Johnny Diesel, when he was with the injectors, there is a, a great film clip online, Thomas. And it's one of those YouTube clips that has gone viral where there's somebody in America, I've never heard of them, they're music critics, and they listen and watch videos and they critique them. And there's a couple of very good ones of John Farnham's help the live version in Melbourne with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, when it's great. And they, their reaction to Farnham's voice is unbelievable. It's, it's, good, it's good viewing. <clears throat> but there's another one where the reviewer is watching Jimmy Barnes and John Farnham singing something When Something Is Wrong With My Baby, which is a great song, it's a great blues song. And the reviewer is amazed at both their voices. And the thing that amuses me is, the reviewer has no idea who the bloke is playing guitar sitting at the table with them. All they talk about is Barnsley's voice and Farnsley's voice. It's Johnny Diesel playing the guitar in the film clip, and there's no mention. There's no mention. I watched this review again. What about the guy on guitar? If only you knew who, how good he was. Anyway, they're quite good. Have you watched any of these things? They're good, aren't they? Anyway, one triple three five three is the telephone number. The uh, the quickie, Kimmy. Hello. Morning, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good, Kimmy. Are you proposing to somebody today? <laughs> yeah, they're wishing. <laughs> today's no, not likely, darling. <laughs> today's the day. Yes, I know. It's a leap year, and it's um, tilt game over now. Today's the day for women to propose, <laughs> and if the bloke says no, he has to pay a fine to the Pope. Oh, truly? Yeah. Oh, I was unbeknownst to that one. Yeah, no, I just, I find these things out. Dr. Carl has all the details in about 40 minutes. But, uh, oh, he's a phenomenon in his own right, isn't he? Sp spell phenomenon. <laughs> oh, really? No, I don't. Do I have to? No, I don't. P-H? No. no, I don't. I, okay, I can do, but I won't do. Okay. What are we all talking right, about? And listen, uh, I'm, I'm phoning for the quickie, yeah, but mm, um, mm. also on another note, darling, as mm. I, I mentioned to you before, I'm proud to be a woman, and um, I run the road around the coast around here quite frequently, and I'm ever so thankful to the lollipoppers mm -hmm. and the traffic controllers, mm. and, and I always give due respect. When yeah. I pass them, I wave to them, and I gesture, thank you. Thank well, you. Thumbs up. That's all, and calling them lollipop men and women is probably degrading, but to the road... What do we call them? Traffic controllers. The, the traffic controllers, the stop-go people, the lollipop. You know who you are. We salute you and thank you for doing what you do and keeping everybody safe. They say, thank you yes, very much. They're out there in all sorts of weather, the same as our posties and whatnot. Mm. And, you know, they have to endure it regardless. And I tell you what, there was just quickly, there was one time there mm. and um, this it was a stinker, stinker hot day. Mm. And this poor darling, you can just see, he was just going to melt into the road. Yeah. And as it was, I just, I, I always carry my water in my car and I just put it out the window, probably would have gotten in trouble, but, um, and then gave it to him. I said, there you go, sweetheart. You look like you need this. <laughs> and did he drink it? 
Well, it was a fresh one. I hope so. Was it cold? <laughs> uh, no, it was um, tepid. It was, yeah. it was car temperature, but it was better than nothing. That's really, really thoughtful. Good on you, Kimmy. Yeah, not a problem, darling. Okay, then. Okay, so I'm going to go. <laughs> okay. With the, I'm going to go with the, the quickie, and thank oh, you very much for your show. What's the quickie? Yeah? It's a quickie, yeah, it's a quickie. What? And what is the quickie? Okay, I don't know, but it's Queen. Don't <laughs> stop me now. <laughs> no, it was, don't stop me now. Was last week. Oh, blimey, Charlie! It I was like I know my one of my favourite Queen songs. Oh, probably my favourite. Probably my favourite Queen song. <laughs> it was last week. Sorry, Kimmy. Oh, Thomas, you're fired. <laughs> No, that's fine. That's fine. No, not a problem. Well, at least I tried. Good on you. Thanks, Kimmy. <laughs> Bye-bye, darling. One triple three five three. Uh Kimmy was in Coffs Harbour and Vicky is in Coffs Harbour. This is Moffy Town. G'day, Vic. Hey, how are you? I'm good, mate. What's up? Um, I just wanted to let you know that I actually proposed to my husband on the 29th. Ah, you were a leap year proposer. I was. How long in ago? 19- how- 1984. 1984. Yes. That's fantastic. And did he say yes? He did. And take, me, celebrated- take me through it. Take me through it. <laughs> we were actually at the RSL Club. <laughs> Where? In Sawtell. Go on. I had walked up to him. I've always been a, a big girl. I walked up to him. He was talking to four of his mates. Hang on, this is at the Sawtell RSL? Yes. In 1984? Yes. And ha- and your husband's name, what's his name? Right, uh, Graham. So, Graham, he knew you? Oh, yeah. Oh, you were going out together? Oh, we were going out together. How long had you been going out? Uh, the, the April of the last year. Okay, so you, you've been going out about a year? Yeah. All right. And you were frustrated that he hadn't asked for your hand in marriage? No, not so much. I walked up to him. Or were you just, did you have a few drinks and were you feeling particularly toey that night? What's the story? No, we, we, we'd only just hadn't been there that long, actually. Well, what made you do and, it? Well, I walked up to him. He was mm. talking to four of his mates and mm. um, he put his arm around me and he said to me, oh, I said to the guys, this is my absolutely gorgeous woman. Mm. And I just turned around to him and I said, you know what? It's the 29th. Marry me. And? His mouth kind of dropped. Yes. <laughs> and he went, yes, no problem. And that was it. And we got married in the October. So did, we've got 40 years this year. 40 years. Did, did yes. you have a ring ready on the night? No. <laughs> no, nah, well, you see... You can't claim leap year women's lib on that. That was a poor effort. It was spontaneous. You didn't go out there that night with the intention of asking him to marry you. It was spontaneous, wasn't it? Well, I knew it was No, it was a four-schooner proposal for sure. <laughs> if, if you'd meant it, you would have had a ring ready and you would have got down on one knee. See, double standards. I know, but... I knew he was the one when, in front of his mates, he just said, this is my wonderful lady. And how many schooners had he had? As I said, we'd only just got there. Oh, well, fair enough. I love the story, Vicky. Thank you for sharing. 
<laughs> Not a problem. Love you, Vic. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye, darling. All right. There you are. See? See? She took the leap year initiative because today, ladies, is the day where women can ask the man for his hand in marriage. You get one chance in four years, and today is the day. It's one of the leap year traditions, apparently. One triple three five three is the telephone number. That's the quickie. Have a crack. Um, I don't know how many of these Pestrol gadgets are left because we only have 10. So if you want to get rid of mozzies and flies from your place and not just repel them but actually demolish them, it's it's called the executioner. It is the big daddy of fly and mozzie zappers. And we have 10 free tennis racket mozzie zappers to give away. Free if you order the executioner right now. $149.90 delivered to your home. And we have 10 tennis racket mozzie zappers that'll come with it. And it's only good while stocks last. And I don't know how many are left. So go on to pestrol.com.au and enjoy your outdoor living. Pestrol.com.au. The quickie again. One triple three five three is the number. Dr. Carl Krasnicki coming up shortly. Good day, Dave. Yeah. Good day. There you go. Good, thank you, Dave. Um, just want to touch base on that uh, last call. I think his name is Wayne, the uh, chef. Oh, he was a while ago. Now, where are you calling from? Yeah. Oh, I'm out of Kerrang now. I'm heading um, almost in Sonil. Okay. Uh, you want to talk about the young boy, the chef that hates his job? Yeah, well, he, he was talking – he started off talking about the um, traffic controllers and their training. Right, go on. If I, if I got the line. But he, he was saying that he, he turned up – he said he, he turned up at the uh, course, signed off his name, got the book, went home, and then came back later after reading the book and did the test. Right. So that's complete, that is completely wrong. Right. Is there any, any reputable um, training company yes. that actually does the training, you will actually sit in the classroom from 9 o'clock in the morning uh, the three quarters of the day is done with theory, and then you do a practical at the end of the day. And how much so, does it cost? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest, because I, I actually, uh, my, uh, uh, what's the name of the place? I think it's um, job, job, job search for uh, company paid for mine. Yeah. Um, Tell me, I'm going to keep moving. David, did you you did the test? Did you get the job? I haven't had a job as yet, so no. Why does that surprise me? So you you, you haven't got a job yet. The job centre, so the taxpayers paid for your training. Yeah. Uh, how long ago did you do this training? Um, probably going back ten years. Ten years. You did the training 10 years ago, and in 10 years you haven't had a job yeah. controlling traffic. Correct. Um, basically, it's, it's very... Um, you did the training 10 years ago, 
and in 10 years, he still hasn't got a job in traffic control. Yeah. Um, Is there some reason why you don't, do you, what do you put it down to? Why do you think they haven't called you up and said, David, you've done the training. We want you to be a stop goer. Why do you think they haven't rung you? Well, I did actually go in for an interview at one stage to, um, for the job. Yeah. Um, but and how'd it go? Not very well, obviously. Why did they say that? Train, part of the interview was a, a, a bit of a medical. What was the, Oh, um, you, you have a medical exemption, do you? Oh, no. I, I, actually, ha, I actually ask you medical questions as part of the uh, interview. Did and because I put and because I put down that I had a, a, a bit of a problem to my back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they didn't want to. Didn't even want to name me. So if you reckon it's because of your bad back, you haven't got the job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so what do you do now? Um, truck driving. You can truck drive with a bad back, <laughs> but you can't. Yeah. You can't stop go with a bad back. Well, exactly. I mean. In, in in practical, I could have done a job, not an issue. On paper, no. They don't want to know you. Uh. But that's that's it. But the thing is, yeah, you actually have to do the training. You do the you, you okay. do the theory. You do the, you do a practical. But you have to actually set the whole. Yeah. Whole okay. Time. So you can't fake it. You can't cheat on it. Is is what you're saying. Exactly. All right. Good on you, David. Good luck. Where, where do you drive trucks from and to? Then you go to Robinvale. And it doesn't hurt your back? Nah. All right. Well, good. at least you got a job, eh? That's it. Good on you, Dave. Thanks for your call, mate. One triple three five. Ten years ago, we did the test and never got a job. Anyway, um, I guess if you are standing for hours on end, hanging onto a stop go sign, that could hurt your back. That could really. Because you can't sit down. They don't give you a chair, do they? You've got to stand up. And in, in all sorts of weather, bear that in mind. G'day, Martin. Yep, g'day, Luke. G'day. It's just time to have a go at the quickie. Yes. Um, I think dire straits money for nothing. Oh, 1980s, yes. Yep. What were the other clues? Um... Uh, something about being united, and I believe it's all together now. Brothers, yeah, yeah, Band of Brothers album. B- Brothers in Arms was the Brothers album. Brothers in Arms, yeah. Brothers in Arms. What, what about the red, white, and blue? What was it, Thomas? Talk to, talk to me, please, Thomas. Black, white, and blue all over. Black, white, and blue all over. How does that go with Dire Straits? I have no idea. No, me neither. <laughs> no, you're wrong, Marty. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, buddy. Never mind. Bye-bye. One triple three five three. Kayleen's online. Hi, Kayleen. Hello. Hello, Kayleen. You're in Perth. I am in Perth, Luke. My partner loves your show, by the way. Your partner? What's your partner's name? My partner's name is Steve. He loves listening to you as he drives home from work in the wee hours of the morning. Well, isn't he a wonderful, wonderful man? Now, did you notice I said, what's your partner's name? I didn't say, who's he? Because you can't assume today, can you? No, we cannot. You Absolutely, can't. we cannot. No, nah, and, 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 and you know what? I did that one day. A, a lo- lovely lady rang up and she said something about her partner. And I said, uh, tell me about him. And, and she said, my partner's name is Sue. And I got complaints from the wokes saying that how dare I assume that a woman's partner is a male. I got in trouble. Well, I'm glad you checked tonight then. See, yes. I've just got to be mm-hmm. so careful. Well done, Luke. Well done. 
Anyway, why are you ringing me? I was ringing because I'm glad you were talking about the the topic with the gay Mardi Gras. The Mardi Gras, um, yep, with this Saturday. Absolutely, yep. yes. I just felt exactly what you had said that um, within this topic, it was one individual who had a lover's quarrel. It had absolutely nothing to do with his profession. Why is the rest of the police force going to be treated in that manner? And- exactly. Why should every police officer be excluded from the Mardi Gras, even though plenty of gay or I should say LGBTQI police officers like to march in the Mardi Gras. They've been doing it for over 20 years. Why should, and, and, and are the people who are in charge of the Mardi Gras that make these decisions, why, why did they do this? Why have they said every police officer was to be excluded and then after conversations with the New South Wales police minister and other people yesterday, they've said, oh, okay, we'll compromise. We will allow some police officers to march in the Mardi Gras, but not in uniform. That's not a compromise. No, nothing to do with his profession. It wasn't a bigoted attack. It wasn't a policeman attacking them because they were gay. It was a, a lover's quarrel. He was, you know, he was heartbroken. He was upset. About- Allegedly. He's, remember, he, he's, he's charged and will face court one day. So we're going to be very careful. So, but why should every police officer be included in this terrible story? And I'll say it again. I always thought that the LGBTQIA community was all about rainbows and, and uh, inclusion and tolerance and saying no to every police officer and then saying, oh, we'll compromise. Some police officers can march but not in their uniform. That's not inclusion and that's not tolerance. Not to me anyway. No, not at all. I'm glad you brought it to the forefront. Like, I think it's a great thing that you brought it up. That's what I do. I just, I say what's on my mind. Mm, Absolutely. And that plebiscite that we voted on and overwhelmingly Australia said yes to marriage equality. Overwhelmingly yes. So we've come a long, long way since those terrible days when being gay was even illegal. Only if you were male, it wasn't illegal to be female. But male, male homosexuality was illegal. And those gay people were treated appallingly. But we've come a long way. And I feel that excluding the police that would probably love to march shoulder to shoulder, brother to sister, in support of what's happened to these two young men, are now excluded even though there was some sort of a compromise, they are excluded. And I didn't think that's what the LGBTQIA community was about. Correct, yes. It is, it's very disappointing for them, that they, especially in this time they'd almost want to band together to be there to prove how much they are accepting of the community, but then to be excluded from this opportunity because of one person's potential decision. Because of I know. To do with their profession. Absolutely nothing to do with their profession. Yeah. Kayleen, I couldn't agree with you more. I hope further conversations happen today or even Friday so that they can come to their senses because I think they've gone backwards on this. I think they've taken a big backwards step. They should include the police in uniform so they can proudly march 
shoulder to shoulder and show the world and the LGBTIQ community, we are in support of you and we are in support of the families of those two boys and we are together on this. That's Absolutely. that's my thoughts. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks, Kayleen. Good job. See you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. This is The Night Shift with Luke Boner. Good day, Shay. Yeah, hi, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, You're on the road. Where are you? Um, just coming into the Gosford turn-off on the, on the freeway. Okay. How's the road today? Yeah, not too bad. Everything's good? Behind a pile of trucks with a lot of road work going on. What's the weather doing? Uh, oh, it's clear. Okay. Good on you, Shay. Yeah. What's up? I uh, just wanted to have a go with the quickie. Yeah, here we go. I'll give you one more listen. Um, what is it? It's you've heard all the clues. Pardon? You've heard all. Oh the... yeah, I've heard all. The, I've heard all the clues. Okay, not gonna. Okay, it's Billy Ocean. Uh, when the going gets tough. No, it's not. It's not. Oh, okay. We used to laugh at that song, Billy Ocean, when the going gets tough, because it sounds like going gets stuffed, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you bit, heard the song? Bit. It does. Have a yeah. listen to it. Going yeah. gets stuffed. Go go and have another listen to it. I'm sorry, Shay, it's not. We'll keep moving. Anthony, hello. Hi, Luke. How you going, mate? I'm good. Uh, Have a go at the quickie, please. Go. Sounds like um, industrial disease. Another dire straits. Everyone's going dire straits. No. No. I'm very sorry, Anthony. 133353 is the telephone number. Uh, Tracy's online. Where are you, Trace? Uh, Southern Riverina. Southern Riverina, lovely to have you listening. What's up? Uh, yeah, I was just um, about the um, alleged um, uh, or police, or not so much the police brutality, the um, brutality from the police officer, um, the alleged domestic violence. That um, I've got a transgender daughter. That she's actually um, uh, actually quite upset that the LGB community has um, uh, segregated the police force from the Mardi Gras. I, I'm I'm stunned at it. I, I don't understand at all. Um, but I've, I've said what I've had to say. I think they've made the wrong decision. And I think the police should be included because that's what LGBTQIA is supposed to be all about, inclusion and tolerance. And because of one bloke who's been charged, and we're going to leave it there because he's been charged, it's nothing to do with his profession. And the police would be proud to stand and show support. I'm sure of it. It's got me, I, 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 I can't work it out. No, no, like, like my daughter, she's, yeah, she's actually quite upset because like she um, goes in the Mardi Gras each year and yeah, yeah, yeah mm. she's um, yeah, quite upset about it. I know. And, and to say, oh, we've reached a compromise, we'll allow some police, but they can't be in uniform. That's not a compromise. That's not inclusion. It's not inclusion. That's not tolerance. That's what it's supposed to be, what it's all about. I feel very sad for the police that would love to stand up and show support for the families of those two young men and show support to the rest of the LGBTQIA community. But they're not allowed to now because the organisers of the Mardi Gras, for some bizarre reason, think that they're going to be offending people. Well, I think it would be absolutely the opposite. Well, they wouldn't have the rights that they have today without the police protecting them. Well, the, 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 but look, the Mardi Gras started as a protest. 
And the police brutality back in the 70s was appalling. So too were the actions of the general public, members, some members, some members of the general public towards homosexuality. The intolerance and the ignorance was unbelievable. And a lot of the churches still believe that you can cure somebody who is gay. God can cure you. Jesus can cure you. Um, Electrotherapy can cure you. There are still people who believe this. It's just ridiculous. But we've come such a long way in over 20 years. Hell, there was a police station at Paddington that the, the New South Wales police donated to the LGBTQIA community as a museum. They said, here, have this police station as a sign of tolerance and bridge building and bridge mending. And then the organisers of the Mardi Gras do this. I think they've taken years off the mending that's been going on. I think they got it absolutely wrong, Tracy. Yeah, well, with my transgender daughter, I could tell by the time she was crawling that there was there was something different with her and my son. But with my son, he was like bang, crash, boom. He was a typical boy where my transgender daughter, she was sitting in the corner, play with dolls, brush their hair, um, dress up in, in girls' clothes and my clothes. I could tell there was something different. That was from birth. From birth, you could tell. Yes, I could tell, yes. Yeah, but just just, so, yeah. just born that way in that body. And, exactly, And we yes. used to be so intolerant to people who were different in those uh, very days. Much. And, and, like, and that plebiscite, so, someone's written in and said that referendum, it wasn't a referendum, it was a postal plebiscite. It wasn't a compulsory thing to do, and yet most Australians took part in it. It was a postal plebiscite, and it was overwhelmingly in favour of... Marriage equality, overwhelmingly in favour. That's where Australia is today, thank God. Not back in the dark ages. We have come a long way. And the decision by the organisers of the Sydney Mardi Gras to exclude the police and not, and not now and say, oh, well, we'll let some march, but not in uniform. I think it's, they've taken a massive, massive step backwards. Step backwards to inclusion and tolerance. This is the night shift. The night shift on the Triple M Network. Yeah, good morning, Australia. How are you? Dr. Carl Krasinicki coming up in just a second. Everybody celebrating a birthday today. Uh, you'll only hear this once every four years, won't you? It is a leap year. It is Thursday, February 29. Uh, February normally has only 28 days, and then we zap forward to the 1st of March. But every four years, the 29th, gee, we've had some funny calls. One person rang up earlier. They got married on February the 29th. Um, they got married back in the 80s, and yet they've only been married seven years. There's some funny stories. It's going to be a great podcast. I hope you can get onto it. Uh, you can via listener, L-I-S-T-N-R. But uh, Dr. Carl Krasinicki joining us shortly with a look at leap years and some of the traditions. Um, oh, no. Well, hello, Nick Bone. I, I just had a recent phone call from uh, Murray in my office. And he uh, he said some bird wanted to hear my horn. Well, yes, Jocelyn, she's um, a big admirer of yours, Jeff. Oh, thank you very much. Very big admirer. She actually, mm -hmm. well, no, I think she needs medication. She thinks that um, 
you're funny. She thinks you're amusing. She thinks you're funny. So she's got – no, no, no. She's got some massive problems, Jeff. Well, if she's got massive problems, that's all good for her. Well, I know. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong. If it wasn't for people with massive problems, people like you would be single. Well, I am single, but it doesn't Well, there you matter. are. Yeah. Nobody wants Okay. She wants, she wants your horn. She wants my horn. She okay. wants your horn. She re- she's listening. And her, 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 she's her, been waiting all night for your horn. Okay. Well, you ready for go, it, baby? Go. Nah, something's wrong. Nah, something's wrong. Nah, something wrong. Oh, no. No. The horn's broken. The horn's broken. Are there pills for that? <laughs> oh, I think there's boy, eh? Yeah, so let's try it again. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah, it's not working. Yeah, that's half a pill. Oh, well, uh, anyway, you've made Jocelyn's day. Are you having a go at the quickie or are you bypassing? No, no, I'm not having a go at the quickie. Uh, okay, good. Goodbye. For me. Goodbye. Goodbye. One triple three five three is the telephone number. Uh, Tim, hello. G'day, Luke. How are you going? Good, thanks, Tim. What's up? Um, I just want to put this traffic control thing to bed for you for once and for all. Yeah. Mate, I'm, I'm a, I've done traffic control for five years. I was a team leader, so I've been through the... I like to know what the industry is about. But, yeah, look, any reputable company, you have to sit in the classroom first before you acquire your tickets. Mm. Do theory, then practical. Um, then, uh, then you're let out onto the road once you prove yourself. But as for so, lo- time, so long as you get called up for the job. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And all it takes to get a job in traffic control, Luke, is just a bit of um, mongrel about you, I suppose, just a bit of get up and go. You know, just want to have a go. That's all you need to do. And once you do it and you do it well, you get called up again. It's 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 well, a it's a bit like being an extra at a talent agency. It's just reliance. It's all the companies need. It's the reliable traffic controls to turn up and do the job. They don't care who does the job. As long as the job gets done, the invoice gets paid. Yeah. So at the end of the day, so is it hard work? Sorry. Is it hard work? Mentally, it is yes. It's not much, too much physical, but mentally, like I remember one time, I, we were down at Young for three months doing a job with RMS, and rain come in, and all the RMS are sitting there in their excavators and loaders and graders, and we we have to stay out in the rain. I remember standing standing there and watching the rain go past me sideways. Yeah. So yeah. you know, there's elements like that, but in the day, you've accepted a job to be outdoors. Can you earn a hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year? That, that's where the whole thing came from. I saw an article online, uh, so, different jobs that can earn you over a hundred K where you don't need much training and, uh, traffic control was in there. That's how it came up. Yeah. Well, there's, there's things called union jobs where they're paid about $50 an hour roughly, but there's not too many of them about. So you majority, get, uh, majority of them, it's around about the $30 an hour mark roughly. Yeah. And then if you get public holidays, yeah, you get, if you're with the correct company, you'll get time and a half. There's a lot of companies that'll pay you just a flat rate mm, mm. and get you to do 11, 12-hour days, but just on a flat rate. It's a lot of standing. Oh, yeah, it is. It's, it's mentally draining. You do get abused a lot. Um, that's a, do you? Yep. Why is it that a lot of the stop-go traffic controllers I see here at Triple M Central, where they're always working on the light rail or they're doing something with the roads, and they're in white overalls with their hats, um, high-vis uh, jackets on. And they're all very attractive females. Is that a fluke? Look, what the idea of that used to be, Luke, we'll put the little pretty traffic controller on the corner because that naturally slows traffic down for blokes to stop and have a bit a bit more of a look. There you are. 
But what so, they didn't... See, there is a reason for it. You've just confirmed it. But what, what they didn't encounter is now all the construction staff are coming down to talk to the little pretty traffic controller too, so no work's getting done on ah. side because so, you know, because you know how there's a workman's calendar and there's a a fireman's calendar. Yep. They need to have a traffic control calendar. Oh, have, have you thought about that? Controllers on their phones. That's that's all they're going to do. <laughs> See, I knew there was a reason. They're, they're very attractive. The young girls who do traffic control around Triple M Central. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, a lot of them look look nothing against any company out there whatsoever. But a lot of them are bought over just on visas. Just to be here for twelve months. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A, lot of them, a lot of them don't even know how our um, traffic system works, but they're in control yeah. of it. And that, yeah. That's where I scratch my head. So, uh, mm. but but the two main bad things with the industry, Luke. I got out of it after a while. So the two bad things is one is the traffic controllers on their phones. That's a real bad problem. Um, and the other one is if somebody just doesn't listen to us and wants to run a run our stop that, you ring the police and make a complaint, and nothing ever gets done about it. Yes. Yeah, and that's putting public safety at risk. It yeah, really is. yeah. Tim, thank you for calling up, mate. Really do appreciate it. No worries, Luke. Love the show, mate. Call me back any time, okay? Good on you. Okay, see you, Bye. buddy. Bye bye. One triple three five three is the number. The night shift around Australia. Triple M. Yeah. So with all this talk of leap years and all that, I mean, on any other year, today would be the first of March, but it's the 29th of February, which means autumn is tomorrow which means a whole new season of fruit and veggies. We'll see what we should be buying with Mr. Fruit and Veggies, Mark Petrie from Peaches Markets in just a sec. He's uh, at the Melbourne markets right now. But just quickly, I, I need to knock over this quickie. Travis, go. How you going, mate? I reckon it's LaGrange by ZZ Top. What a great, great song, and I wish it was. But oh, it sounds just like it. I know it does. You've got a very good ear. Damn. You've got a very, very good ear. It sounds just like it. You're right, Travis. I'm going to have to give another clue. Um, it'll be on our podcast if it doesn't go off today. Righto, mate. All right, Trav. You have a very good day, mate. It does sound just like it, doesn't it? Baylor, is it Bailey, is it? Yes. Hello, Bailey. Where are you? Hi, hey, Luke. How are you? I'm, I'm in Fairview Park. You're in South Australia? Yes, yes. What are you doing up? Um, I'm picking my partner up from work. You're a good person. Oh, no, he sold his car, so having to pick him up until he gets his new one. Hang on a second. Am I correct in thinking in where you are at Fairview Park, South Australia, it's just gone four o'clock? Yep. <laughs> it's now four o'clock in the morning? Yep. In Adelaide? Yep. And you're going to go and pick up your partner from work. You are, yep. you are a keeper. Are you married? No, no. Ah, Bailey, today's the day where women are encouraged to do the proposing because it's a leap year. <laughs> Bailey, you, what's your partner's name? Pagan. Hey? Pagan. Pagan. Yeah. Okay, well, it's a good old pagan ritual. You could ask Pagan to marry you today. In fact, it's compulsory. Nah, I think, I think from me picking him up, I don't, I don't want to be the one buying the ring as well. Oh, that's a very good point. <laughs> You're not tempted to ask him today? Oh, sorry? Do you think, do you think ba Bailey, if you asked Pagan to marry you today, do you think he would say yes? No. <laughs> he wouldn't let me propose. But it's your day. It's women's day today. It's leap year. Oh, no. 
that. All right, but why did you ring me? Uh, for the quickie. Yes, go. Um, I think it's um, Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. It's a good guess too, Bailey, but no, it's not. I'm sorry. Good luck today. Uh, all good. See, see you, mate. Bye-bye. One triple three five three. Uh Andy, good day. Hey, look, how you going? Oh, good, thank you, Andy. Where are you? I'm uh, Woodburn here, heading back to Brisbane. Okay, what's the road? What's the road like? Uh, pretty quiet at the minute. Man. Whereabouts exactly are you now? Uh, Woodburn, Broadwater. Okay, what are we talking about, Andy? A uh, couple of things, Luke. That you're getting back to that caller was going on with uh, the nickname Mick, and that that's a yes. Catholics were called Micks, weren't they, back in the day? Yeah, well, I'm Irish, so we were. Us being Catholics from back home and that. Why were they called Mix? I don't honestly know, man. What was the real reason for it? But I always remember, yeah, the Protestants would say, ah, oh, what are you doing down here? You should be up there in the Mix side of town. Yeah, God. Um, you're, whereabouts in Ireland are you from? Up in the north county, Tyrone. And things have changed now, have they? Oh, yeah, very, very different than what it used to be, yeah. Yeah, once upon a time, especially in Northern Ireland, you had to be Catholic, didn't you? You did, especially some places where you wanted to go. You oh, did. you couldn't get a job in some places if if you were a Protestant. You had to say you were a Catholic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Very different world today. What are we talking about, uh, Andy? Another thing with your your headmaster with the two eight plus eight. The what? Some you know the your trivia thing eight plus eight. We we, we found an answer to that. Yeah, someone said. Um, how can 8 plus 8 equal 4? Some people draw, like, write down the number 8 in two circles. So if you put two 8s beside each other, well, you've got four circles. Yeah, now, the the answer... Jesus. Uh, have, you, have you been to the early opener, have you, Andy? <laughs> no, 8... No, A.M. plus eight hours is four o'clock. That's how, that was the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. You wanted to have a go at the quickie, Andy, before this goes any further down the toilet. What, what run, it? run the Paradise, Choir Boys. The Choir Boys, what a great song. No, it's not, Andy. I'll let you keep going, mate. What? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. One, triple, three, five, three is the number. From two. You got a boner all night. Yeah. Luke Boner, the night shift. Around Australia on the Triple M Network. So the uh, the season of autumn has been delayed by one day because of the leap year today. Uh, tomorrow will be the 1st of March. It's the beginning of autumn, which means we should be looking for autumn. Put this into a sentence sometime today, everyone. We're looking for autumnal food to buy. Autumnal. I want you to put that into a sentence. Mark Peachy from Peaches Markets joins me. He's at the Melbourne Markets now. G'day, brother. G'day, Luke. How are you going? I'm very good. How are you? What autumnal fruit and veggies should we be buying from tomorrow? Well, as you know, everything, uh, the, the seasons do change and all the stone fruit is now getting a little bit thin. Oh, on top. It's, it went so off. I reckon yeah, the, the, sto- the stone fruit finished two weeks ago, I reckon, for me. Yeah, well, well, you're, you're pretty fussy, Luke. I am. You're pretty, you're pretty fussy on the peaches and that. But, I am. Uh, they are still about, so um, we can get them. But as we move into autumn and winter, we go back to 
pretty much a basic range. Mm. Mandarines will be the next big thing that comes oh, in. Oh, I love a Mandy, yep. Yep, yep. So, um, of course, we'll start off with um, the Fourers and then we'll go on to the Imperials, which are probably still the best-eating mandarin that, that's around. Mm-hmm. So they'll be late, middle to late April, and everything should be up and down. Um, you can get mandarins, a four of mandarins now from Queensland. So, And then you go from Valencia oranges into uh, mm. naval oranges. So ah, Valencia season, to naval. Okay. Yes, what's yes, what's yes. the main difference between a Valencia and a navel orange? And, and which one's your favourite? It, it, it's basically on appearance. Um, navels are probably my favourite, but navels are more orange on the outside and, and they've got a, it looks like a navel in the uh, core bit there. Yeah, I know what you're talking I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, are they both the same taste? Similar. Yeah. Not exactly the same, but. Valencias look green on the outside. That's probably their but the juice for Valencias is fantastic. All right, so we're going from navel to Valencia. Yep, and uh, mandarins will be the be- next best thing in, all and right. grapes grapes will get you know we'll go to uh, Thompson Seedless and all that, and the grapes will be great eating from uh, here on end. Green That's or sure. green or black? Oh look, I'd go the green. Yeah, and then. Uh, I'm 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 on the green, no problems. So, yeah. Other than that, it's all good. We, what are the have... What are the mandarins that I like that have a, the loose fitting skin? Don't see them. Yeah, uh, that's the imperials. That's it. Are, are they any that's good? Imperials. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah, they're they my favourite. The, yeah, they're still the best eating. I don't know whether we're old fashioned or whatever, but you have all these other hybrid. Um, uh, varieties that come in, um, but Imperials to me are still the best eating, and I'm old fashioned. So there you, you are go. an old fashioned guy. We love you. You're an old fashioned guy. I'm an old fashioned guy. Leap year today. It's the one day in four years that women can ask their bloke to marry them. Do you reckon that'll? Do you reckon we've started something? Do you think we've? Do you think we've prodded a few women into, into action, or do you reckon uh, nothing will happen? Nothing. No. No. Nothing, no. bugger all. All right. Hey, Peachy, Mark, thank you so much. Good to hear your voice again. No worries, mate. Have a good day. Let's talk again soon, eh? Yeah, yep. Up to you. All good. right, mate. All right. He's busy. I can tell he's busy. He's about to be run over by a forklift. Uh, Mark Petrie from Peaches Markets in Bendigo. One triple three five three is the number. Uh, good day, Mark. Yeah, mate. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Uh, shot at the quickie. Yes. There's like one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. No, no, and incorrect. Ah. Sorry, man. Don't you swear. Tanya, good day. What is it? Is it Dire Straits? Oh, shit, I froze. Dire Straits, should I forget? What album was that from? Dire Straits, uh, Money for Nothing? No, it's not. I'm sorry. Brothers in Arms. No. Okay. Sorry, Tansy. Tanya. Jeff and Wodonga, what is it? Yeah, mate. Um, I reckon it's Smoke on the Water from Deep Purple. No. Machine has yeah, no, it's it's not, but it sounds like a good guess. Um, we'll have to keep moving. We'll see if we get a winner before the sun's up and before the kookaburras start. 
You're listening to The Night Shift around Australia on the Triple M Network, independent stations everywhere, and the listener app. Triple M. Hey, g'day, Cameron. How you going, Luke? I'm very good, Cameron. Where are you? Uh, Campbelltown. Okay. You're up early. On your way to work? Uh... Just finish work on my way home. All right. Well, listen, I hope, it's, hope you have a relaxing day. Why have you rung me? Uh, for your quickie. Go. Uh, baby did a bad, bad thing by Chris Isaac. It's a very good guess, Cameron. But no. I'm very, very sorry. Um, we'll try one more and then we'll have to jackpot it to uh, tomorrow. Conan, hello. Hey, Luke, I'm good, Conan. It's very noisy. You're out driving, are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm just uh, driving back to Brisbane, just going past Woodburn and New South Wales. How's the road? Everything okay? Weather's good? Yeah, weather's good. It's pretty quiet out here this morning so far. So. That's what we want to hear. What's up? Hey, uh, I want to have a go at the quickie, mate. Yes. Uh, I reckon it's uh, Roxanne by Sting and the Police. No. But can I say this to you, Conan? Yeah. You're the closest yet. Oh, awesome. <laughs> okay. We'll have to move it to tomorrow. It is an 80s song. We'll have another clue on the podcast that you can listen to overnight. And we'll come back on the Man Cave tomorrow and we'll see if we can't knock this quickie over. That last call at Conan was closest yet. It is a 1980s song, so let's see how we go. You're listening to The Night Shift on Triple M. The one and only uh, Maddie Larson will join us shortly with a look at news headlines. It is time to look at the news stories we're all waking up to today, Thursday, February 29. Won't be able to say that next year. Uh, Maddie Larson from Triple M News, good morning to you. Good morning, Luke. Yeah, very special day today. We'll talk about that in just a second. Mm. Um, I watched the uh, Matildas last night qualify for their third straight Olympic Games. Boy, oh boy, 10 zip, eh? Yeah, absolute thrashing. Uh, our Aussies cruising through to Paris 2024 after a 10-0 defeat of Uzbekistan in Melbourne overnight. And this was uh, spearheaded by four goals from veteran striker Michelle Heyman. Uh, now the Games, the Olympic Games, is just five months away. As to who they will face off uh, with, we will find out next month. Uh, who their Paris opponents will be, which is very exciting, but great news for our Tillies. But, yeah, an absolute thrashing. Definitely cruised through there. It wasn't uh, a very difficult task, I don't think. Does, does that for and against massive score in Australia's favour in the qualifying, does that help us get a better spot in our pool, do you know? Do you know that? Or, I I will have that, to come is, back is, to is you that on one, that one. Is, but, that one uh, is that one for Bishow tomorrow on the Man Cave? Yeah. Uh, that is a definite one for him tomorrow. Um, yeah, keen, keen to know myself. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's just uh, – I <laughs> think it is great to just see our Tillies, uh, yeah, getting back onto the field and, yeah, absolutely killing it. All right, 10-0, big, big, uh, big, big uh, result. Uh, Fireys continue to battle out of control blazes in Victoria's West. Yes, uh, so uh, there are currently three Watch and Act warnings uh, for Victoria's West this morning. And uh, the one of concern is uh, near Dereal. Uh, people overnight are being urged to stay near shelter as conditions could change. A grass 
a grass fire has been threatening a town there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it has been downgraded from emergency to watch an act overnight, but there is still that warning to stay near shelter. And, Luke, we spoke about this yesterday, about the conditions that they've been experiencing in the country's southeast, uh, some areas hitting the mid-40s yesterday. Uh, so conditions could change at any time for people within those areas. All right. Now, look, the Prince Harry saga just continues. It's a story that doesn't go away, Prince Harry. He's lost his legal challenge against the UK government over his level of security. Now, he and Meghan, they're quite rich. I've always said, hang on, you're worth a squillion. It's your choice to leave the royal family and live in America. Why should the British taxpayer have to fund your security? Am I wrong? No, that's that's my exact thought. I assume that he will come back with more. So obviously he is expected to appeal uh, this judge's decision that's been made overnight, uh, ruling that the Duke of Sussex was not unfairly stripped of the publicly funded security uh, during his visits to the UK from the US. And that's, as we know, after he gave up his status as a working royal and uh, it was to be uh, assessed as a case. Yeah, yeah. And it was also to be assessed as a case-by-case basis as well. But I think you're totally right. Um, I think if you're not a working royal, why do taxpayers have to pay for it? It's not like he doesn't have the money he's to loaded. pay for his own protection. He's loaded. Uh, but I assume he's going to say that he needs better protections than what he can privately afford. But let's just wait and see his response to this one. Uh, but, yes, a judge has definitely handed it to him overnight. All right. Now, I didn't realise. I know that to, having today as a birthday, February 29, the leap day, I know it's very rare. And I've had some funny calls this morning. I've, I've had some great calls. But is it is it five million people in Australia celebrating their birthday today? Is it that many? Uh, it's five million across the globe, actually, oh, that are celebrating I, the very unique globally, birthday today. Yeah, yeah, yeah globally. globally. I, I thought you meant yes. five million Australians. I thought, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, pretty, uh, pretty exciting for them, I suppose. Imagine it only coming around every four years is a bit tough. But uh, yeah, there's obviously also there's wedding anniversaries as well. So it's probably a little bit easier for people that need to try and remember their wedding anniversaries only every four years opposed to every year. Maybe you like, I don't know. Cost of living, it's probably kind of handy to only have to do things every four years. Have a quick listen to this. This is Carl, who was celebrating a wedding anniversary today. Officially six years today, but how many years ago did you get married? 24. (laughs) Six years. He's celebrating his sixth anniversary today, Mads, Uh, but he's been... He's had a wedding ring on for 24 years. And I had a, I've had birthday calls this morning. It's been very funny. Tell me this. If you were born on the 29th of February, would you want a pretend birthday on the 28th or the 1st? Of or would, course. Or would you want to hoard them and go berserk every four years? Oh, that is a big question because technically if it was only every four years, you could get your friends together or your Mm. family and be like, Mm. overseas holiday Mm. for my birthday. only comes around every four years. That's it. Save up. Give me a blast. You could save it up. Exactly. Mm. But I think as a little kid growing up, the... If you had siblings, the little the little kid's going to be confused if they only get presents every four years. So it would probably change, surely. Oh. Anyway, look, email us your stories. If you're celebrating a birthday or an anniversary today, please email us and we'll have some more fun with it tomorrow in the Man Cave. Nightshift at You, Maddie Larson, love your work, mate. You have a great Thursday. You too. To die's first die, to die's first die. 
first day a shepherd's pie Wednesday's a roast to beef Tuesday's soup Monday is washing day Is everybody happy? You bet your life we are